Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 196. I'm your host, Mike Apps, a.k.a. Wheels, still trying to beat Dragon Quest Seven. And with me as always. Uh, forcing Wheels to dial a pirate, David McBurney, Pamela Master. Yar. And hanging out with David for an extended period of time tonight, this is Matt Mason, Platy M3. Sorry. That may be more than I've spoken tonight on any podcast. <laughs> That's a preview for a new backtrack. We should have Gaijin at some point, but. Hopefully. We must I'm press definitely on. Definitely not half just pl- grinding in Yakuza like a dragon. That would be silly. Yes, now I marked the stream as Dragon Quest Eleven, which I think guess I should actually fire up. It's almost like I should play the thing that I said I was going Truth to play. Truth in advertising, True. yes. Instead of playing Slay the Spire. That sounds awful. You should play Dragon, dragon Quest. Or Yakuza like a Dragon Quest. Oh, that may be next. What chapter are you in? Uh, six. Okay. Slow but steady. Yeah. How many chapters are there? Fifteen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, so it's always question a question is... of, like, they're, they're not all the same length by any stretch, mm-hmm. and, like, you can... It, you can make them go a lot faster if you just decide that you're not going to do a bunch of side content at any given moment. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. the reason I'm not further is because I spent, like, five hours doing a the uh, business management minigame. Which is incredible. Yes. Oh, yes, I've heard good things from about that one. I there there have been few things that have been more of a highlight of my uh, game, my gaming over the past a year or so than being able to like getting into a shareholder meeting where I was allowed to shout someone down by having a chicken cluck at them repeatedly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I would fire up uh, like a dragon to show that off right now, but I'm actually stuck in a dungeon, so I wouldn't even be able to do that. Oh man! Also, uh, there's a there is as is tradition with Dragon Quest, there is a metal slime equivalent enemy in this game. Uh, I forget. Well, there should always be. Yeah, I forget what. Let me double check what it's actually called. But it's basically like it takes almost no damage from anything, and it has very little HP, but it runs a lot. See what is this guy's name? It's going to be in the Suji decks. Uh, give me a minute while I find him. Oh, there he is, Invested Vagabond, <laughs> who is not actually a, like the description makes it clear. He looks like uh, a homeless person. He is not homeless. He is a street uh, survivalist who happens to have a ton of money, but he just sort of does this for fun. So, so you don't have to feel bad in about being a vagabond. Yeah, and so you don't have to feel bad about beating him up. Let's see, I've I've gotten to like I love some of the high level uh, enemy names that I'm now looking at. Uh, I saw what was this other one I was just looking at? Oh yeah, like you have like enemies that are hosts, and so one of the the most powerful host is just labeled Heavenly Host. <laughs> Batterer out of hell. Uh, 
I love this entire line. Pressured cooker, mystery meatsmith, ironclad chef. All good. I love this. This uh, they they nailed those Dragon Quest style enemy names. See, that's where I'll probably skew this way before I get to Persona 5 Royal. My, my goal is to get to both of those games this year, but Yakuza's yeah, got sounding like it's got to be first. This, uh, really this line of enemies, this line of enemies, Dine and Dasher, Snack and Sprinter, Chomp and Charger. <laughs> <laughs> Hit Journeyman. Military Buffed. Master and Commando. Now, are these lines all palette swaps of each other? Uh, they're not precisely palette swaps, but they are like they all have the same sets of animations, uh, and they all have these same kinds of attacks. But they're like slightly different models that are on the same theme. So it's like okay. the uh, the low level like military buffed is like just a guy wearing like army fatigues, and then you get like more further and further, and they get like. Rent-a-cop gear and then like frickin' commando gear. Nice. Technomancer, black hat wizard, smuggle bug. Plus, don't forget, unlike Persona 5 Royal, Yakuza Lake Dragon has a job system to play around with. <laughs> it does! And you can deal with you can engage with it as much or as little as you feel like it. And see, fun. I'm going to be playing this after Bravely Default 2, which of course has a job system, so I'm going to be really invested in jobs for a while. <laughs> but if I'm not, if I'm burnt out on it, apparently I can just say what the hell and not do it in like a dragon. Yeah, like it, well, they're very much like the dragon, the early Dragon Quest jobs where it's like they are, you're rewarded much more for specializing into one rather than crossing skills between them like Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although in the game Wheels playing, uh, Dragon Quest Seven, my favorite on the uh, PS1 was to do, I think it was uh, just the warrior and then switch to dancer and get the sword dance ability. I think the <laughs> second time I played through it on PS1, that's all I did. I got everybody to do that and just blew through random battles with sword dance because it would do like four attacks at, I want to say like 50 to 75% of your normal damage. So you'd be doing 200% plus every time you use it. Nice. And I can't remember if it was like zero MP or like one or two. It was like a very low, low one. Uh, that's uh, that's always the fun is that like they have to make these games with job systems completable even if the player is like failing to engage with them entirely. But when you're playing them well, they uh, they can go places. Yes, yeah. For a second playthrough, and I just wanted to breeze through lots of areas. It was great to have like some ability breaking stuff there. Hmm. But, so what have we been playing other than things we've just described? <laughs> uh, I've been playing some Dragon Quest Seven. Yeah. You tell. Loads I think you got progress. another party member, or was that last week? Uh, I don't remember if I'd gotten that far last week, but yes, I got 
sir what's his name old dude I love Mervin, I believe is Mervin, old dude who is in an orb. You know, just a living in my quiet you... retirement in the orb. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see what I did, like adventure-wise. Uh, getting him was really annoying because I had to jump around to different parts of the world, and I'm not sure how people figure that out without a guide. They don't. <laughs> Is he you optional? <laughs> oh, no. He's quite required. He's a big part of the story. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, every Dragon Quest has that point where it's just like, wander around, you'll figure something out. Yeah. Uh, but, let's see, the last big adventure I did was coming across a kingdom where the king was all about magic and... Ah, uh, your Wizbiz kingdom. Yes, went to some sort of magic consortium, and you warned about the king casting some evil spell that would bring back, uh, bringing a demon or something, which is exactly what happened, and it's pretty straightforward. Like uh, you do. Uh, did I talk about how the whole Pied Piper one was not straightforward? I don't remember <laughs> if I ever talked to that talked about that at all. Oh, and then with the land flooding? Yes. Oh, it was like, mm -hmm. oh, this guy is kidnapping all these people, but no, he's actually saving them, and then the land flooded, and that was fun. <laughs> the um, reverse Pied Piper, if you will. Yes. So, and now I'm currently in Not Again. Yes! <laughs> Finally. I was so excited to hear this. <laughs> Where the town is cursed to eternal darkness or something. And I beat up some monster controlling the town. Now I have to go to some sort of tower or something. I don't know. Seems the question is, is will, wheel, will wheels doom this town? Oh, God. Yes. Oh, God. I've told him there's a choice with oh, consequences no. coming up. Pressure. Ah. Uh. But yes, I've also looked ahead in the guy and found out that uh, so the whole magic thing I just did, I guess, sort of you're supposed to do after not again. But regardless, after I finish this one, I will hit the point where I will lose my dear Maribel for a while. Again. It's not Thank fair. God. She just got her <laughs> just got her to be a sage. Rocking the magic. Not happy. Whizzing that biz. Yeah, so old old dude's gonna have to pick up the slack. He is, yeah. I loved. Game. I think the first or the second time I played through, I made sure to go get the best monster heart in the game, uh, <laughs> which is basically my avatar, uh, the platinum king jewel, and turned Melvin into that. And oh man. He was Melvin and Melvin. Now he's Mervin. You know, depends on if you're playing Dragon Same Warrior Japanese. Seven or Dragon Quest. Yeah, they <laughs> they just switched it a little bit up. Um, but yeah, turning him into that was great. Nice. Uh, he ends up like with was an extra two hundred and fifty five defense. Basically, okay. he becomes he becomes a metal slime. Nice. <laughs> That's the monster heart for you. Yep. So, yeah, you're still having fun. Yeah, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. 
but as I approach what appears to be the end of quote unquote chapter two, 60 hours in, um, <laughs> normal. Um, I'm wondering what's going to happen next because obviously to re for there to be a chapter end, something has got to happen and I'm not sure quite what it is yet. But so if, you're reaching the point where you've pretty much opened all the uh, pedestals, right? Yes, just about. Okay. So I Yeah, something will happen. So I feel like perhaps the story will start to take more shape here. The overall <laughs> the overarching story, I should say. Mm-hmm. So yes. We shall see. Uh what else have I been if I've been playing other than that? Playing a bit of Yakuza wandering through the, the dungeon and the the start of chapter six. I forget which dungeon that is. Um, where you get kidnapped by someone. <laughs> which one of the one of the the three gangs? Uh, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not sure how much we want to discuss precisely. I probably want to. Don't want to get too spoilerly. Spoiler-ish. Um, yeah, but I, I think you're thinking of uh, Lama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, let's see what else. I also picked up a new roguelike called Void Bastards. Oh, I've heard of that one. Yes. People seem to like it. Which I had issue. I there's an issue with my Amazon shipment, so I had to you know talk to Amazon customer support and oh, which which item in the order is it? Oh, it's a uh, it's a uh, Void bastards. Void bastards. I promise I'm not yelling. I promise I'm not fighting. There's a void in my. There's a void in my order, you bastards. Fill it. Come on. But yeah, it's it's um. It's kind of got. It's. Uh, it's one of those ones where every time you die, you're technically a new character with different attributes. Um, although you keep like all the items and stuff you've unlocked, so basically you're like prisoners trying to scavenge your way to something. I'm not sure what yet, uh, but all the voice acting oh, is boy. British and pretty, pretty funny, and it's just like you know first-person shooter action mostly, but. Uh, you have limited ammo and stuff, so you know it's kind of a battle of okay, how much stuff do I scrounge on each ship I'm, I'm invading? Uh, you know, do I run away from engagements, or do I f actually try and fight things? Stuff like that. It's it's a lot of fun and pretty easy to get into. And off goes Silvando. Interesting. <laughs> It's busy. Uh, that's about it for me. Uh, I played, I also picked up, shockingly, the latest Madden, because it was super cheap this week. John Madden? And en enacted my revenge on the Kansas City Chiefs. So what is this, like, n grudge you're nursing right now? Uh, just that my team lost, you know, typical thing. You know. Which team? Kansas City Chiefs. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I mean, I, I could say, like, oh, you know, they 
they're another one of those teams with Native American imagery, and they do the whole tomahawk chop chant. That would be nice to go away, maybe uh, someday. Yes, that would be nice, but really, I'm just bitter that my team lost. (laughs) And to suggest otherwise would be not true. But yes, also, uh, another team that should change their name. That's it. Yeah, that's it for me. How about we just how about we just have like a big everyone changes their name celebration, and if one of you find if one of you changes it to something else that's racist, we get to like do some sort of public clubbing. Yes. Oh, that I seems just tuned into our. I tuned into the Twitch. Now I know why Silvando took off. Yeah, I see where <laughs> you are. Reasons. Uh, man, that game's great really is my, my copy of the definitive edition is still with my friend now for its 15th month he swears <laughs> he will get to it <laughs> I don't think I could let mine go long enough to do that <laughs> there's so many other games so many other games yeah I just I would feel bad not having it with me <laughs> oh, that reminds me so after finishing one of these well, I'm going to say after finishing Dragon Quest Seven, uh, I am either going to go to Dragon Quest Five or Dragon Quest Six, and I will oh, hear I five. will hear arguments five. for both. Uh, five six, is way way six better. Six is ass. Six is seven but worse. <laughs> yes, that definitely that it is. So it's seven but worse. So you're saying it's probably it's a wheels game, and I should play it's- it. It's. It feels like the game that Yuji Hori put out because he was expected to, while he was more interested in Chrono Trigger. Oh, he definitely was more busy with Chrono Trigger than that. I think. I think. Gosh, somebody was just talking about that recently. That might have been on the uh, the Dragon Quest podcast that I don't co-host, uh, Dragon <laughs> Quest FM. I want to say they were talking about that recently that and mentioned that. Yeah, he just didn't give it as much time. It's a big game that just wanders too much. It's a big meander. Like, it really is just a prototype for seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do remember I actually played it a, a, for a while when it first came out and kind of got bored about 10 hours in or so. Yeah, well, guess what? It's probably another 30 hours. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- those games were not 50, but they were... 20 or 30. Like, as long, it was about as long as a Super Nintendo RPG was going to get. Correct, yeah. But I mean, they, you've got two world maps because there's the world and then there's another version of the world. And at one point, you can go underwater. So basically, the entire underwater becomes that, which doubles the amount of space that you're going in. And it, it just. Which, you know, kind of like Dragon Quest Seven, where you have the world and then you have each island's past. So you've doubled that. You've got job systems. I just didn't like the cast in Dragon Quest Six, And it's a it's a much less focused cast, as I recall. I seem to recall there's mm-hmm. a lot more in it. There is that one character that you can accidentally lock yourself out of. That's fun. <laughs> oh, and he's my favorite character. Once I get him, I put him in front. He's my hero. Yeah. That spiky blue hair boy. Yeah, spiky blue you... hair, hair boy that sort of looks like a Dolph Gohan, except he dyed his hair blue. <laughs> yep. But no, five five is definitely where you should go. 
Five is five is like the Good the job system. Well, monster recruitment in five. Yes. Now you uh, can in six too, but they nerfed it for the uh, re-release. Yeah. There but were yeah. more monsters in the Super Nintendo release, but honestly, your choice. It was because you had such a large cast anyway. Yeah, I can understand. There was uh, no need for all those monsters. Although I hated the whole cast, so whatever. I'd rather use monsters. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, in five, I mean, the whole point was, you know, you're pretty much going it alone for a while until you get married. Yeah, like five, five, like five is all about its cast, and its cast is really good. So. Oh yeah, wasn't one of the questions that was sent directly to? to oh you? yeah, well, yeah, we should pull up those questions. Yeah, if we're going to be talking about Dragon Quest anyway, we might as well hit some of those while yeah. we're here. So, uh, Fireminer, I uh, contacted him back in November, I think, when we knew we were going to do a kind of crossover Q&A quest uh, Slime Time episode. I messaged him, um, but he missed it at the time for a couple weeks. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, we all missed. We're all bombarded by, you know, a dozen different social media accounts and this and that so he got back to me he's like oh man i heard your crossover episode totally missed getting you questions for that sorry you know great episode whatever so yes out of the blue in january uh got my own set of 14 questions to go through (laughs) and uh we did get a question about number five uh it was his second question D2, um, which Dragon Quest is the most popular in Japan? Is it three or five? Yes. (laughs) Basically that, but there is a definitive answer. It's definitely three. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Three was the height of Dragon Quest as a craze. Correct. That's the one where Enix started working with uh, the police or whatever. Not, not, not the police, I guess, but just realizing yeah, that's the that one where the rumors should... about the Japanese diet, uh, like requesting that they not release Dragon Quests on weekdays, came about. Yes, yeah. Um, so they did work with them. I, I don't know if there was actually a request. It's not a law. That was the big rumor for a long time. Yeah, the big rumor was that the diet law. had actually passed a law, and like yeah. that did not happen. But there was but they were something went on. <laughs> conversations were had and they were like sure whatever we'll just release it on the weekend what do we care yeah even more people come to buy it it. (laughs) yeah exactly um but famitsu's done a couple polls in the 2000s um about favorite game of all time and i want to say it was like 2004 2005 um the results were final fantasy 10 final fantasy 7 and then third place was dragon quest 3 yeah and Interestingly, fourth place was Dragon Quest Eight, so there was some recency. That, bias. There was definitely recency bias in a lot of that yep. list. Just like I don't think that, like, if it's popular, I don't think it would be that high now. Mm-hmm. But and then they did this again, just a couple years ago, and Persona Five topped the list again. You know, showing the recency bias. bias. But then number two, Dragon Quest Three. Number three, Chrono Trigger. Yeah, it's one of those things like. The, the popularity, as far as I can tell, goes like three, then go down a few spaces, five, 
then mm-hmm. go down a few spaces, everything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Fireminer definitely picked the two that you're are at the top. Everybody else, all the other games are splitting hairs, but these two have an order. It's yeah. three over five. And a lot of that, you see Airdrick or what they call um, Roto all over the place. That that's They make a commemorative PS4. And what's the logo on it? Well, Roto symbol from Dragon Quest Three. And that's the other thing that you can kind of tell where this is. Like, when the games need to reference something as, like, a nostalgia grab, it's three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they've made, they've got VR games that were at Universal, and um, they're now permanently stationed in Tokyo. It's all Dragon Quest Three. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I, I think the way that, that I would put it is that three is the most beloved game, five is the most beloved story. Correct. Yeah, Yuji Hori's actually said before that five's his favorite story. Yeah, and it's it's a really good one. It's it's really it's got all of his best hallmarks. It's got no real wasted space in it. It's just a really strong story, but mm-hmm. can't beat that three nostalgia power. <laughs> and Fireminer, I actually went as far as to dig up sales numbers for this question. And these are the two top two selling games as well. They've both sold over six million copies. Yeah, holy crap, that is a wow. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, for not Final Fantasy numbers, those are big. Also, they did, it, five in particular did that essentially entirely in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they've also, they, these games have also been remade a few times. You got Dragon yeah. Quest three on the NES. They had a SNES version. You got the Game Boy Color version, and then it was on the release for the Wii. And oh, yeah, the 1, 2, and 3 collection that they sold for yeah, $30. The, yeah, the 25th anniversary collection. And now you've got it on the Switch. So, I mean, it, and it's mobile, so it's everywhere. Uh, yeah. What I found interesting was, you want to take a guess what the third best-selling Dragon Quest game is? I was going to guess either 7 or 8 because of the uh, popularity of the respective consoles at the time. Is Incorrect. 9? Hmm. It's 9. Oh, of course. of course, I am an idiot for not thinking about that. Yeah, nine the DS was a was a mega hit, and nine is a huge nostalgia call to three. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean the way you build your party from a bunch of nobodies and yeah, it's like all of them are owe a lot to all of the other ones, but you know, nine is a three throwback. Mm-hmm. And what Wheels is playing is a three throwback, kind of. It 11? has throwbacks to three. 11, oh, yeah. yeah. Talk about referencing older games, you know, right there. Yeah. Eight references three, 11 references three, nine references three. Like, three is the one that has the most consistent reference for, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that kind of brings us to another question there. Mm-hmm. And, David, I believe I've heard you say talk about this before, but the uh, question D1 was, do you see the Zenithian trilogy um, getting the Dragon Quest Eleven treatment? Basically, would 12 maybe be uh, a prequel or sequel to it? 
I feel like the chance to do that already happened, and they just decided to do three again. Exactly. No, I'm 100% sure that's, you know, we're, we're maybe... Just, like, we'll see 50. remakes of that eventually again, but... Mm-hmm. Maybe for the 50th or 60th anniversary, they go back and do that, but I don't see them suddenly every game in the trilogy, every game they come out with going back to reference old games. Yeah. I, I you think can 12 will be its own thing. Yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited for whatever 12 ends up being. But... I think it'll, it'll mm-hmm. go back to a job system. Uh-huh. I think there's pretty even odds at this point. <laughs> Give it to me. Yeah. I mean, I mean six, like, seven, nine, and ten all had jobs. Yeah. So it's really just a question of is it 12 or 13 that brings them back again? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and even the Zenithian trilogy, that's <laughs> kind of a loose, a yeah. loose trilogy. I mean, like, Dragon Quest 1 through 3 are a pretty loose trilogy as well. Like, I mean, but at least you're talking the whole time about, like, oh, you're... Like, you, you understand, like, the direct lineage of that trilogy. Yes. Yeah. Whereas, like... Um, they're, they're called the Zenithian Trilogy because that's the only thing that binds them, is the existence of Zenithia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want to say I saw a quote by Yuji Horii at some point where he was like, yeah, we didn't really mean to do this, but... Yeah, I've, I've seen what I think you're talking about as well, and it seems like it's one of those things where it's like... <laughs> They didn't set out to make three games that all had Zenithia in the plot, but like it sounds like they, like Zenithia kept filling the role that they needed it to in the plot, so they just kept calling it that. Yeah. You know, just like in how many games do you have in All Trades Abbey, and how many games do you have this, how many games do you have that? Yeah. It's, it's just not... like, why make up a new name for the same concept when you can use the old name? It's a consistent Dragon Quest concept. Correct, yeah. But the real question is, what's the best bride? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so it, it it depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for, <laughs> if you're looking for the story and plot, obviously you uh, go with Bianca. Because, you know, one time, one night when you were a kid, like 10 years previous, uh, you went and hunted ghosts. Like, that is the one and, that they always put on the merch. You, there might as well not be others. Correct. Now, if you need anime boobies, you pick Deborah. Listen, and, I also need someone who calls me an idiot because I am. So, yeah. <laughs> what, and, you know, if you're a degenerate. What? what <laughs> if you're a degenerate, you it is. <laughs> no, I'm just saying she would be the kind of person that would call you stupid. No, Deborah. Deborah is the the one that, like, when you choose to marry her, the guy, her, her father is like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> <laughs> She's the Maribel of Dragon Quest Five. Nice. She's very spirited. That's how we'll put it. She was only but, in the DS version, and that's why that's the only version I can play. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, there was an addition for their second remake of the game. She was not in the PS2 version. It's honestly probably the best additional content they've ever added. <laughs> Just having uh, another Quite possibly, play. yes. It, it, I mean, she's great. And yeah. even the part... She's one of the only characters that really goes through... Uh, if you she use has, the like, chat a lot. <laughs> she does, yes. She goes like, from like, well, like, well, you're sleeping on, on the floor. Character. 
I mean, she's... I guess eventually she's got to give birth to the heroes, so, you know. But, yeah, no, they just, like, they... Because, <laughs> like, you... you And, like, a lot of that arc is very understated because it's just something you'll get if you keep checking party chat. Correct, yeah. But she'll, like, you know, she... She acts exactly like she acts, but, you know, as you keep playing the game, eventually she'll be like, yeah, no, no, I, I'm not actually, like, thinking the things, the awful things I'm often saying. <laughs> but, yeah, like, it's, and then, of course, there's, uh, poor, poor Flora, who, uh, just, just doesn't have enough defining characteristics. She's a plot device. Yeah. Oh, hey. She was there to have a choice. Yeah. Just, just like she. So one of the things that's important, the that I think this illustrates really well, is that sometimes a game gives you a choice, not because it's a hard choice, but because it needs you to feel invested by forcing you to be the one to make it. Mm -hmm. And she exists not to be like, you know, a bad choice, but to be the obviously like, not the one that you were expected to take. And to reinforce the idea of, like, no, you chose to marry Bianca. You had other options, and you chose her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which I think is useful for player investment, and I think was a wise choice. But also, again, just... They weren't super interested in giving her a character. <laughs> uh, so, you can talk to uh, Rodrigo <laughs> Briscoletti. Yeah, and try to choose him. He gives you some humorous dialogue if you try to pick him as your bride. <laughs> I've never tried that. Um, gosh, there was some box art too. I think it was on the manual mm -hmm. for the DS game that shows. I think he's like holding you, wearing <laughs> fail or something. I've seen this image out there a couple times, and it's official That's art. A... It's pretty hilarious. That's a very Dragon Quest thing to do. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's the, that's the thing that whenever, whenever someone's deciding to reference Dragon Quest and they're not referencing three, they're referencing the two brides in five. <laughs> Curse you forever, think... uh, 3D game heroes, you suck. Um, <laughs> Oh, there, well, wow. I was going to say this also leads to uh, naturally to the other question about uh, was it Fantasy Star? 3? Oh, yeah. Um, Fantasy Star was, 3? Uh, yeah, Generation Fantasy 2. Star. Yep. Fireminer said that he is a fan of both Dragon Quest V and Fantasy Star 3. And would like to hear our opinions about the marriage systems in both games, particularly which one uh, we're choosing who to marry feels more important. Oh, it's five. It's yeah. DQ five. Um, Nothing in uh, Fantasy Star three feels important because that game sucks. I, I was gonna say if you're talking about the word feels, yes. <laughs> I think Fantasy Star three is where I stopped the series. I played one and two. I think they were on the oh, game. You, you missed the best one. I know, I know. It's like it's. I got to get that Fantasy Star collection for Switch. Four's on that one, right? Uh, have you ever uh, heard the story about how I played? Ended up playing three. No. 
for the, for the record, the Fantasy Star 1 is a Sega Ages game, and 2, 3, and 4 are on the Sega Genesis collection. Okay, that's what I thought, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, some nice person, in big air quotes here, as uh, <laughs> I think Funkoland told my parents that uh, Fantasy Star 2 would be too hard for me, so that they should get me Fantasy Star 3 instead. He kind of had a point? <laughs> Fantasy Star 2 is really hard. You mean sure? Like, really unreasonably hard. <laughs> like, there are long, there are, like, developer interviews about why it's so hard. <laughs> you ever hear these? They're incredible. The, uh, you've heard this, right? No. No. The map designer for Fantasy Star 2 was, like, a new hire. And he went all out on all of these maps they were like super intricate and crazy and he had over designed essentially all of them but he had put so much work into it that they couldn't bear to just say no go back and do it again <laughs> so they just used them as is wow and that's why uh places like climatrol are the just the stuff of nightmares this battle's not going well for wheels. Yeah, and I have Dracronian quests on, so I will get a game over if I die. What the Ooh. hell kind of dragon quest do you think you're playing where you turned on the ability to get a game over? Uh, my kind of dragon quest? I'm just saying, no dragon quest game has game overs in it. Uh, this one does. Only because you put them in there. <laughs> But yeah, like, uh, I I think that Fantasy Star 3, to get back to this question, I think mm -hmm. that the, the actual concept there is incredibly interesting. And I think that a remake, a proper, like, top-to-bottom remake of that game could be, like, excellent, because, like, the concepts within it are actually really good. But the problem, of course, is it's never going to get that, because it's not popular, <laughs> and what you have <laughs> in in the game itself is a game that's like gesturing at these really cool ideas of like that it, it reaches the point where when you're deciding who to marry to start generation three it's not it, it like the game doesn't even feel the need to lay out a reason as to why you can marry both potential uh love interests at that stage you just can't. <laughs> well, like that. Okay. I, I was gonna say, I, I the way he mentioned it feels, yeah, it feels more important in Dragon Quest Five, but like from a stats point of view, and abilities point of view, that's Fantasy Star Three. I mean, yeah, but that game's not actually mechanically deep enough for it to really matter. Because <laughs> I mean, you, you can have a character without magic if you go one way or a character with magic if you go one way yeah but magic sucks in that game <laughs> <laughs> like there's a really in again speaking of really interesting systems that don't work yep there's that really interesting system where you can like assign how effective a spell is by how many points you put into it and you can go to a shop to oh. do that and it's just like but like putting points in one spell will correspondingly take them from another and it's just like yeah, but even if you put them all in one side, they still kind of suck. 
it's yeah it's just again it could be really interesting there's just not enough space to let it develop it's still a neat game i still think that it's worth playing at least once but uh the city is too evil to be allowed to stand so you know not to criticize wheel here or anything but you know, maybe putting the players that were like four or five levels higher than the ones that died in that battle might have been a good choice. Do characters not in the active party gain experience? Yes. <laughs> well, well then. <clears throat> Excuse me a moment. Because to... you can switch them in and out of the battle like in any turn. Uh, yeah. Hello. Oh, there hey, he is. Hey. 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 What are we laughing about? Oh, we else just game over. I think game over. He did, did game not over. game over. <laughs> Which game? Dragon Quest Dragon Eleven. Wheels, for some ungodly reason, turned game overs on <gasps> in a Dragon Quest game. Oh my god! You can take the main character out of your active party. Yeah. Wow. That's that's wild. I'm gonna do it. There's yeah, like could, Dragon Quest has taken the... any single turn. Dragon Quest has taken the fairly reasonable tack of. But they're so useful, you'd never want to do that. <laughs> uh, oh, I remember doing exactly what you're doing, going back and forth to the, to the inn, to the church, to the inn, to the church. Conveniently, they were right across the street there. Like they meant to. Oh, I, have to make, <laughs> I have to make sure I save in case I actually get a game over. Yes. Just don't understand you wheels. Uh, I have played a lot of. I grew up on Final Fantasy and Saga, so the idea of not losing progress when you party wipe is foreign to my brain. <laughs> Man, you must not be able to play Yakuza like a dragon, where you get a Dragon Quest style game over. Uh, I wouldn't know. I haven't gotten a game over yet. <laughs> Clearly, well, you've never wandered into the wrong side of town. <laughs> I did, and I managed to survive, sir. I was assaulted by, like, three random battles at once, so... Uh, keep your, uh, keep off your high horse, something. <laughs> uh, I probably did get a game over, and I'm forgetting. Uh, so, Gaijin, what you been up to? Huh? What you been playing? Well, I'm still, uh, rising to the occasion. Uh, uh I have... But I'm Almost bummed. certainly located the final level of Atelier Ryza 2. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite obvious that it was supposed to be, if not the final level, then the penultimate one, just from the get-go. But it's open now, and monsters are coming out. As you do. Yeah. Uh, game's still oh. fun. Oh, it's still great, and it's... It's getting to the point where I can reasonably pull out the major attacks before the battle's over now. Nice. <laughs> now, David, did you even talk about what you were playing? Because I just realized I didn't talk about what I've been playing. Uh, I just, I've, I've been playing a lot. I've been trying to 100% Yakuza like a dragon. So that's uh, that's what's going on for me. And I talked about trying to get my weapons to level EXEX, -EX, so no one needs to hear more of that. <laughs> Listen, so it's really expensive. Seems like you need to uh, 
work your toy company more? Uh, the company is not actually my fastest method of cash generation at this stage. Ooh. Like, uh, or at least it's not my most efficient one. I could probably make it the fastest, but I also need raw materials. And I get mm. those from the battle arena. But there's also a fight in the battle arena that, uh, by default, grants me like 6 million yen. So, mm -hmm. oh, wow. Uh, and every level of upgrade at this stage is like 20 million yen. So, yikes. You, when you're trying to get to those end game levels of like super equipment, like no one needs a level EX, EX legendary hero bat. I just want it. <laughs> <laughs> gimme, <And>, gimme. <laughs> listen, I'm willing to put in the work to get my level EX, EX legendary hero bat, but you know, it's, uh, it's taken time. Uh, I'm, at level stupid in terms of actually finishing the game. You don't need to be at level well past 70 to finish the game, but I am. But eventually I gotta fight the bonus boss, so... Uh, I'm gotta get there anyway. I'm a rational human being. <laughs> what were you saying? I said you gotta get there anyway, so you might as well grind now. Yeah, I mean, eventually I have to do the... Super bonus dungeon that's uh, just sort of... They just took one of the locations that was pivotal in the earlier games and turned it into a super bonus dungeon. Nice. <laughs> that is very Dragon Quest-y there. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that really is. Thinking about Dragon Quest Seven. Yeah, it's... A couple others. That I don't think I've ever seen a game like... It's not a Dragon Quest clone, but I don't think I've ever seen a game more correctly ape the spirit of Dragon Quest than Yakuza 7. <laughs> Yeah. It's an homage. Yeah, like, just... One of the things that sticks out to me every time I'm playing is... Uh, in Dragon Quest, enemies will have a lot of things... Like, enemies will do silly things that essentially are just them wasting a turn. Yeah. Oh, I actually Yakuza have these like in Dragon my notes for that. one of the questions. <laughs> oh, that's great. Like, they, they, there are low-level enemies that will do things that are just them wasting time. <laughs> but can they get you to dance? They will dance at you. I don't know if you can be forced to dance. The dance will do a lot of things to you, but I don't think they can force you to dance. They can do a lot of things that are like... Uh, there was There are enemies that dance at you in a way that makes you uncomfortable, and that can cause fear. <laughs> uh, just, just a lot of things How like that. How graphic do they make these dance moves? Uh, they're they're not that graphic. It's mostly just that the enemy type is like designed to look like a like stereotypical park flasher. <laughs> I, it's like if, if anyone does the time warp, I'd just be applauding. Yeah, I don't think enough uh, people in Japan know that one. Doesn't <laughs> matter if enough people in Japan know it. Do the programmers know it, and true, would they think true. it's hilarious? True, true. But yeah, yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. But yeah, there's just, like, it It has the spirit of Dragon Quest in a way that almost no other <laughs> RPG has. Even ones that have tried so hard to be Dragon Quest cannot ape its spirit. And, like, aping it is not really fair, because it still has that... It still is very much a Yakuza game, but it, like, has that Dragon Quest je ne sais quoi that no other game manages to do. So That's great.
as as is obvious, my highest recommendation is for Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yes. And if you and it there is a dedicated PS5 release coming out in uh, next like a month. month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's also already got a dedicated Series X version. Uh, it's not like it does, like if you're just playing the PS4 version on PS5, it runs beautifully, flawlessly, really. Like the only thing that's going to really be different is if you want 4K 60 FPS, you're probably going to have to be a uh, PS5 version. But if you aren't, uh, and really it runs fine on everything. That does remind me that they just announced that they're uh, doing uh, Judgment on PS5, oh, yeah. uh, Xbox Series X, and Stadia for some reason. <laughs> oh, Stadia. That was incredible. Oh, Stadia news that... this week. Yeah, that was incredible. That game, that version of the game was announced the exact same day that the Stadia, that Google announced that it was discontinuing any first-party development on the Stadia for games. Mm. Which just just really a metaphor for the entire affair. Yeah. You know, all those Stadia exclusives we'll never see. Yeah, as it turns out, if you're going to do first-party development, you definitely want to start before you release the platform. I have no idea what... <laughs> Head-ass idea caused this. I, I've heard conspiracy theories that it was done with the intent of just the entire thing crashing down so that they could somehow get around in Monopoly law. Well, what? they tried. It didn't work. But it's like they could prove, like, um, if they could if prove they were, that they're they... that they weren't using their their powers for unfair advantage in other markets, or just or as like a sacrificial cow to cut off. Whenever the um, whenever somebody tried to um, enforce a RICO act on them or something, yeah, it's like that's what gets you the antitrust stuff in uh, the U.S. Is like if you're uh, if your like dominance in one industry allows you to exert undue influence in another industry to like for anti-competitive purposes. Like that's when things, when the hammer is allowed to come down due to how our antitrust laws are written. So, like, I could see how that would work, how that idea would work, but I don't think it actually has worked. So, um, I was going, yeah, okay, at this particular conspiracy theory, but I thought it was an interesting. It's very funny. Yeah, but yeah, uh, so yeah, uh, this is weak. Like twelve of my ongoing recommendations of please play Yakuza like a dragon. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I got it for a friend for Christmas who had like enjoyed Yakuza games in the past but never actually finished them, and he did everything in it. Nice. I talked wow. talked uh, one of my best friends into getting getting it, and I believe he beat it. <laughs> oh wow! Like he, yeah. He absolutely loved it, so. Yeah. Uh, nothing but uh, nothing but good things out of that one. Recommended. Yeah. Uh, good. I think it got some of our year-end awards, too. I forget what one what I think it got at this least point, one. except the big awards. It, it got a couple. It was the, it was, was it the number one turn-based? Yeah, I think yeah. 
And then, was it in the top three? No. No. Top no. three was Hades, Hades uh, FF7, and uh, Trials Was it the Mana, Mana collection? Yep. Trials yeah. of Mana. Not the collection, Trials. Oh, not the collection, no, Trials, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like all, all due respect, but uh, while I loved, while I thought that the Trials of Mana remake was an, an a impressive update that gave me hope for the series' free future, it probably wouldn't have been in my top three. <laughs> yeah, it could have just been a case that you know Yakuza came out in what mid November. Yeah, mid late November. I don't think a lot of people had actually played it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas Trials of Mana was like March. And yeah, because sure it's bias goes the yeah. other way on yeah. our Game of the Year awards. Yeah, like just what did everyone get the chance to actually play? Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I could, I could definitely see the, you know, those two, bottom two were l- longer-ish, but came out way earlier. And Hades, obviously, uh, is definitely a lesser time commitment. So. Yeah, every everyone can at least play a little of Hades, and like by all accounts, very good. So everyone can like at least point to that and say, "Yeah, no, this is a great game." <laughs> but, yeah, but my opinions are well known, yeah. uh, and this is why we been... put disclaimers on the Game of the Year awards. Yeah, what are you? Uh, what have you been playing, uh, Mister Platinum Three? I think the last time I was on, I just finished up Zero No Kaseki. And I was thinking that I wouldn't go straight into the next one, but I did. As as, as The exact same thing happened. Yep. So um, I think I'm like 20, 25 hours into Ao no Kaseki. Um, Ow. Ow. Sorry. Ao no Kaseki. I've never heard that one. Yeah. It's it's being... Localized, fan localized by Geofront as uh, Trails of Azure, I think. That's a that's a fairly artful that's way a, of putting it. Yeah, it's like which which kanji for blue do they use for? Wait a minute. Oh, never. I remember. Yeah, Azure is probably the best translation of blue for that kanji. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because there's so, three different kanji for Al, and they all mean some shade of blue. Yeah. Well, there we go. I learned something new tonight. Yep. Oh, they really like that, using got, some of the weird content for those I've uh, got a, trails titles. <laughs> I have a junior high class that has four different students with four different kanji for blue in their names. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I've got, I'm not halfway through. I've reached a part, uh, chapter one, chapter two. I'm in the intermission. Um, I think I'm somewhere between a third and a halfway done with it. But the... Gosh, what had been going on? It, this is the game that takes place during the events of Trails of Cold Steel 1. The I think the West Samaria trade conference just finished up. And that's something that is referencing Cold Steel quite a bit. Um, and I started like getting scared for it actually at one point because I was like, oh, crap. I know things are going to go down. Like for a second, I was like misremembering what had happened. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm like, is the whole city going to get blown up or something? So I actually (laughs) had to take time, watch a little 15 minute overview of everything that took place in Cold Steel one again. It was like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 okay. That that, that jogged my memory. I'm like, okay, bad things are going to happen. But the whole city that I've been playing for like 80, 90 hours in at this point, you've learned to get blown up. (laughs) Yes. No, Crossbell's still there. 
but other th- other things will not be. Um, <laughs> but then I, I don't even know what prompted this, but maybe it was game of the year when I was writing about a favorite port or something, favorite remake, um, or at least putting that in the Google sheet or the Google forms that we were filling out. But uh, I've always said like my three favorite video game series are Dragon Quest, Grandia, and Rune Factory. And oh, wow. yes. Love Rune Factory. But never got around to playing the uh, Rune Factory Frontier on the Wii. Oh, oh, I forgot about that one. I had forgotten completely about it, too. And <laughs> kind of just randomly, uh, end of February last year, I picked up a Wii because I was going to show my son Dragon Quest Swords. And... <laughs> It was right before the whole pandemic and everything. So got a Wii and like four or five games for 50 bucks flat from somebody just up the road and ended up selling. I can't even remember what games I got, but I put them on eBay and got $50 for them. So basically I got a free Wii. All right. (laughs) Yeah. And my son ended up actually liking Fortune Street quite a bit. He loves board games. Yeah. Yeah. We so don't we were get playing those Fortune anymore, Street. Sadly. <laughs> no, I got the one on Vita, and I'm trying to make my way through it um, in Japanese. It's not hard to do. I remember beating the DS one. As back long in as you've as long as you've played an English one to know what the rules Correct. are. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, but ended up just kind of thinking about it a couple weeks ago. Like I, I still haven't put swords in. Had had this Wii now for a year. That's why I bought it to play swords with my son. He got so interested in Fortune Street. That's what we've done on it. And then just kind of forgot about the Wii. But I finally bought Rune Factory and got about 15 hours into uh, Frontier now. I uh, got past the first month, beat the first main dungeon. And, you know, it's it's Rune Factory. I'm uh, really excited to finally properly play one of those with five. Yes, I, I think that's it, too. Seeing, like, knowing five's coming out this year and I played four special edition right around this time last year and wrote our review for it. So it was just kind of in my mind after Christmas. And I was like, Ooh, maybe this game will, I, I was really trying not to get into the, the next crossbell game and, uh, failed with that. And also started up rune factory. So bravely default too. I know you're going to be at the top of my list, but I'll probably be running three games at the, this point in a few weeks, but <laughs> That, that's pretty much what I've been up to. Those two games have taken my entire January. Yeah, that's understandable. That's a lot of game. <laughs> yeah. You know, both of those are good 50 to 60 hour experiences. Uh, I think there's there's something just charming about seeing something that's been like a handheld style experience find its way into a more console looking game after so long, which is part of what makes 5 look so appealing to me for Room Factory. Yeah, I, I had to get, I mean, it really took some getting used to to be like, oh, wow, this is a full 3D world that I'm walking around in. <laughs> I did play, I had played Tides of Destiny for a little bit back when, uh, gosh, I can tell you, it was almost exactly five years ago. I rented it via the PS3 on PS4 streaming service. But they PS had, Now? Was it PS Now? Yeah. Like I had to, I, I did a 30 day rental and got pretty far in it. 
Uh, and I'd almost forgotten that I did that. <laughs> I did get myself a nice $9 um, out, not Nintendo controller for the. Uh, the is Wii. nice here in air quotes or is nice actually nice? <laughs> it, it's okay. I, it, okay. The buttons are a little bit harder to move. Mm-hmm. Or should I say the joystick is? <laughs> Playing Rune Factory for three hours at night, I'm, I feel like my thumb hurts a little bit more than if I was playing PS4. Now I'm just thinking about, like, I, I think about this every time I think of, like, cheap controllers, but one of my favorite things is, that one of the things that I'm kind of glad no one will ever experience again, but which I think is extremely funny, is being able to smell a cheap controller. <laughs> <laughs> like, the plastic was such garbage that you could smell it. Mm-hmm. So this this begs a question: Can you taste fake switch cartridges? Probably. <laughs> That's like a specific coating they put on it to make sure that uh, to make it less appealing for children or animals to eat. Yeah. So mm. my switch cart tastes good. This must be fake. <laughs> now I will bad. not be handing it back to anyone. <laughs> It's funny, the only counterfeit game I've ever ended up with is Rune Factory 2. Oh, DS counterfeits were all over the place. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's a I genuine had... Nintendo. <laughs> Speaking of forgetting that, I had gone straight into 3 and 4 and kind of like, I'd been at a, I'd missed a few games over the years. And then I was playing Rune Factory 3 and I think 4 is getting ready to come out. I'm like, wait a minute, I forgot one. So I quickly ordered the cheapest two i could get and the only thing that was bad about it was when i closed my ds it didn't shut off it prevented my ds from going into sleep mode i am very curious how it managed to do that (laughs) and if i left it like that too long it would freeze yeah i can see that but other than that it was perfectly playable i contacted the company because i went online and i bought it off ebay for you know nine dollars from someone in hong kong yeah you know, right there was probably my first uh, idea. Your first uh, warning sign ignored. But honestly, you, you know, if you need to import I could anything, have probably bought a me. real one for like 12. So, I mean, it wasn't a huge price difference. Yeah, it's just one of those things like th- th- those can be way worse. I've absolutely seen ones that's just like they don't retain saves at all. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. And I mean, I was I was probably 20 hours into it when I kind of realized I'm like, wait a minute, maybe this is. And I went on some website like how to spot a fake DS cartridge and I turned it over. I was like, oh, yeah, this is 100 percent fake. Oh, this so is fake I, hell. Yep. I, I sent the seller a message and I put the link and a couple photos of it. And I had my money refunded in like 20 minutes. <laughs> they don't want to get in a fight over this. They would much rather that you not leave them bad eBay feedback. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> then have that $9. Yep. So now I ended up playing all the way through it. And this is where I've had to like reorient myself recently too, because there are some conveniences that are not in Rune Factory Frontier that are definitely there <laughs> in like later games. Like I can't, I can have stuff in my refrigerator and I go to cook, but I can't, it's like, oh, you don't have this. I'm like, no, it's right. It's in the refrigerator. Why do I have to have everything in my own inventory right now to be able to craft it? That That's the big annoyance that I've found. Yeah. It's like a... 
Now I'm just thinking of how much it, like, I was appalled when I found out that the original release of Dragon Quest XI required you to go and buy everything manually, even if you knew where to buy every single ingredient to a crafting. Yep. Uh, it's like that uh, in Dragon Quest VIII with the uh, alchemy pot. Back on the PS2, you had to walk around and take a certain number of steps to perform alchemy. And they knew that that was a problem, because the bonus you got at the end of the game was the ability to not have to do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, we're putting this feature in just for the purpose of slowing you down and making a wish reward at the end. I'm sure on some level they saw it as like, well, you'll care more about the thing that you had to spend all this time making, but it... It doesn't successfully do that. It doesn't create that kind of player investment that they want it to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just obnoxious. Yeah. And that's why it was never like that again. No. Uh, you got the incident. And same thing with, you know, the ability to buy these items in Dragon Quest XI. Like, okay, you found somewhere that sells rock shards. You know what? Great. You don't need yeah. to keep flying back there every time you need a rock shard. Yeah, because that just puts you through a bunch of loading screens, and then you're like, ah. Uh, I wouldn't have interfaced with the crafting system nearly as much if I had had to do that. You know what? When we're talking about this, reminds me of one of the Dragon Quest questions we got. Oh, we should do that. I was going to say, when are we actually getting into questions? We've done a couple. We've, we oh, actually okay. have. But just, cool. uh, just the, the Dragon, Dragon Quest, Quest ones. Yeah. Um, where does this one go? Oh. So, if Square Enix decided to make a Joker 4, what quality of life features mm. from other monster collecting games would you like to be included? As we're talking quality of life stuff here. And really, um, this goes along with right what you were saying. I didn't really have something off the top of my head. And then one of my buddies is like, you know what they should do? They should do it like in uh, SMT games, where once you've recruited a monster... Like a and, compendium? Yes, have the compendium so you know so you bred your slime away well instead of running around trying to get another slime you can buy a slime yeah that's uh, yeah that so would be sweet good. that's mm -hmm. an important one uh, the quality of life improvement i would like in joker 4 is a official english localization <laughs> that is that does improve your quality of life a great deal <laughs> that would make this game eminently more playable for me <laughs> how did i so. live without this <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I, the, Square Enix has said they're done with Joker, but I mean, when he says Joker 4, I just kind of. It just in means my head, the next one. That, the next one. The next yeah. one. Yeah. With, which should have uh, Wheels' party member, Eric, here as a little kid in it. <laughs> that would be that's fun. what a. Oh, I mean, that's what we were shown, what, two, two years and two months ago. Jeez. <laughs> in, in, yeah, it's been a while now. Uh, what is it? It was 2018, November, December. They showed some artwork of a young Eric and his sister. And we're like, mm -hmm. hey, this is these are going to be who the next Dragon Quest Monsters protagonists are going to be. And then a year ago, like last January, January 2020, it had been already a year since that announcement. And I think the producer came out um, and he was like, listen, things ha things have not been going well. Um, I appreciate that level of candidness. Yeah, I mean, they flat out said things have not been going well. Do not expect any sort of announcement 
in 2020. And they were right. <laughs> and then 2020 didn't go well, so... Yeah, that I I don't know that I would expect them to cancel such a game because, like, it's an important spinoff of an important franchise, but it is one of those things that's like... Uh... <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've heard literally nothing. You, you got one art image drawn by Toriyama at the end of uh, 2018, and we got one announcement from the producer at the beginning of 2020. To let and, you know that it wasn't going uh, well. Yeah, it's not going well. And then, you know, the world didn't go well. So, I mean, even if they somehow managed to get it out this year in Japan, if we get it, it's not going to be around until 2022. So, yeah. Let's see. Any other quality of life things in a monster game you like? Monster collecting? Uh, I mean, I've, I have not put significant amounts of time into any DQM game. I don't. So, like, uh, the, the collect thing would be fun, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Uh, that's uh, what me I... being unfair. I've not... Uh, they've just never grabbed me, so... Mm -hmm. I mean, what I've enjoyed... Um, I think the best feature I've enjoyed was um, in Dragon Quest Monsters 2. There was a key system that um, kind of worked like the uh, was it Dragon Quest Nine Grotto system, where there was almost an infinite number of grottos to go in, or even mm -hmm. it was in Dragon Quest Seven too. You could go and put shards together and go in places mm -hmm. and fight a bunch of different monsters. Um, but they had these keys that you could get, and there was always um, they had two names. You could put two keys together. And when you went there, it would pick what monster families would be there and, like, what kind oh. of terrain would be there. And, I mean, there was, you know, 30 of one and 20 of the other kind. So you've got, like, 600 possible different, quote-unquote, random worlds that you could go into. Hmm. And, I mean, it was just in a monster-collecting game to have that to be able to go in. And some of the monsters, unless you bred them, you could see them in those worlds kind of randomly. I remember my favorite one was I got the uh, three question mark monster key and that's the boss family. And so in the uh, Game Boy Color version, I was just walking around, you know, there's dragon lords over here and Hargons over there and wild Malroths appearing. <laughs> it was just hilarious to see them as like random enemies. Yeah, that's a, that's a good setup. <laughs> That would be nice to see come back, I suppose. It sounds nice anyway. <laughs> Excuse me. But, uh... see. I wish they would but, yeah. remaster Joker 2. Just remaster Joker 2. You just That's... want the professional edition. Uh, whatever. Or you want more than that? No, just like a prettier version of that game, because I think the whole that whole game is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this so, also. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, if we're talking Dragon Quest spinoffs, it goes into uh, question number three here. With Dragon Quest XI gaining more traction than previous titles, do you think the spinoff games will be more popular in the West? Uh, that's a big toss up. It is. Uh, 
I don't think that the brand is yet strong enough to buoy spinoff brands very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it, it has it, to be it can't hurt it, but I don't yeah. think it's going to double, triple sales. Yeah, yeah like I, I feel like it's one of those cases where like the the appeal of the spinoff has to be immediately apparent outside of it being a Dragon Quest thing. Like something like they could sell builders because like it's like Minecraft. Kids love the Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, when when you get to something that's appeal requires you to already, like, love Dragon Quest in specific, it becomes harder to say whether that appeal is saleable. Yeah, I mean, we we might find out if we get a Dragon Quest Monsters uh, with Eric in it, that if they can sell that character. Because, you He's know, we didn't guy. get Joker 3, so, you know... The, we didn't get the most recent one, and we didn't get the 3DS. We didn't get any of the 3DS uh, remakes. No remakes. So, you know, it's been a while. We've missed three in a row at this point. Well, I remember the horror of seeing Joker two on clearance all over oh. the place. I remember the horror of seeing uh, Rocket Slime on clearance everywhere. That, yeah, that too. Oh really? Oh, that game. Like I, I saw that in. <laughs> a clearance rack of a Best Buy like five years after it came out. You, did you get it? Uh, I already had it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the that's not the matter here. Did you get it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly a game that you needed more than one copy of. Yeah, but if I did, I would have just grabbed it to give to my nephew later. Nah. I didn't have like, any like, I didn't have any nibblings gift. at the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know Dragon Quest fans were pretty much told, you know, if you really want to see more Dragon Quest, you got to buy Dragon Quest. And that was around the time, I want to say, the first Heroes game came out, or maybe the first Builders. Yep, and that's why I bought it. Yep. And, you know, we, they, they gave us two Builders, they gave us two Heroes. But uh, I'm getting a little worried that all we're getting is mobile ports for a few years here. I mean, it's not like there's going to be anything else to bring over for the next little while. Yeah, exactly. I mean, apparently they'll have some sort of stuff this year. And, you know, you've got the die game that maybe will come over here. I'm not holding be my surprised breath on that if one. we see Infinity Strash. Yes. You could always port some of those mobile versions to, say, the Switch. They, they did for several of them. Yeah, I like mean, Rivals. Yes, Please give me Rivals. Give me... Rivals is a card game. Give me Drag Quest 4 through 6 on Switch. Yes. Yes. And then give me... I want me... to play Dragon Quest 5 again. Then, and, and then get to the 9 remaster for Switch. Thank you. I, I think that's got to at some they, point they... happen. I'm wondering how long that they hold on to the like re-releasing nine concept because you can certainly sell that. Yeah, I mean it. It was the best-selling one in the United States. I think it was the only one that's hit a million over here. I think eleven has hit that by now, but yeah. Oh, that's true. But I mean, you've got Seth Green doing commercials. They need to bring him back. Lordy. Oh, don't make me think of that. <laughs> I fully understand why they attempted that, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was watching them just last week again. He shows up in his fur coat. That it's kid. me. I'm Dr. Robot Chicken, and secondary voices on Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Also, uh, Dr. Evil's kid. Yeah, remember yes. that? You, lo- you still love the Austin Powers? It's me, Austin's Powered. <laughs> I was the werewolf guy in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, oh, yeah, that. Finally. Okay, well, this next uh, upgrade is going to cost me 20 million yen. It's going to be a bit. Oh, boy. So, okay, since we mentioned Infinity Strash, and uh, Mr. Baker's here, we can ask this, because I find it interesting the way Fireminer asks the question sometimes, like this one. How much is the Japanese people's perception of Dragon Quest colored by the adventure of Dai, and have the games been influenced by it? Not not as much as you would think, because, I mean, it's... It was a manga spinoff. It was a very popular one, but it didn't actually have a lot of crossover with anything in the main games. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if you look at the other anime series, The Legend of Abel, that actually had crossovers with Dragon Quest IV. There were Dragon mm. Quest IV characters. That was the most recent one at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, Dai's Adventure was basically what you would get if you t- uh, if you had some people who were very well studied in the... Toriyama style, drawing a story that was effectively Dragon Quest meets Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I don't really... I can't really see a lot of influence from that series back to the games. Well, there was... I, I was looking up some rumors about this because um, he had his Infinity Strash and other mm-hmm. sword skills. And when this came out, there were not skills in Dragon Quest. There were only spells. Up and up you through didn't have uh, Dragon Giga Slash and Giga Gash. Correct. True. That that started in Dragon Quest Six. Um and was was it because Die kinda had this and they were like, Oh, that's that's a cool idea, or was it just because, you know, plenty of other like that's a that's a rational progression. Uh huh. Exactly. It, it becomes a question of well, what do you think caused the rational progression? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's also something that was happening in games in general at the time. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It, it, is it just an RPG mechanic they finally put in? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, audience's discretion, basically. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I think we can definitely say, you know, perception being colored by the adventure of Die. I don't think that. Like, it's definitely something people have nostalgia for, but I mean, less so than, say, Dragon Quest 3 or 5. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those things that it feels like to me it's the most popular derivative. Yes, uh, it is certainly that. But I'm not sure that it, like, its popularity was enough to, like, make major waves with the thing it was derived from. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of derivatives, the, just kind of going from question to question here. Um, do you know any games that are not derivative of Dragon Quest? The question was actually, uh, do you know any JRPGs so weird that it is definitely not influenced by Dragon Quest. So, uh, I, I saw this question and I was kind of fascinated by it, by virtue of that I don't, uh, like, 
Dragon Quest is such a foundational Japanese RPG that even something that doesn't resemble it in the slightest kind of has to live in the shadow of the question, are you doing this to just be different from Dragon Quest? (laughs) (laughs) So you're not anything like Dragon Quest, so that must have been by design. Uh, And, like, I don't think that's an unreasonable assumption to make a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. I could think of at least one case where it's like, okay... Maybe you're not doing that for that reason. Do tell, do tell. And it's that game would be Unlimited Saga. <laughs> yeah. Which Fair. is very well, they... specifically... Uh, D&D I mean, instead. Right, it's going for that very specific like tabletop RPG feel that obviously Kawazu is quite the fan of. He loves I mean, Rogue, you... Rogue and... <laughs> tabletop RPGs. I mean, you can make the argument that any of the major series that were established around the same time period as Dragon Quest, within a year or two, would probably have been in development before it became big. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, I mean, the original Dragon Quest was, let's see here, May, late May 86. Mm. And then, like, Fantasy Star was December 87, and the original Megami Tensei was September 87. Yeah. Bear in mind, so, they probably had seen it, but it wasn't a world beater yet, so they didn't necessarily yeah. imitate it consciously. I mean, all three of them used the first-person perspective, but you could argue that they all took that from it's things wizardry, like... wizardry, baby! And wizard, yeah, it was definitely a wizardry influence there. So, I mean, you can make the argument that the foundational series of JRPGs in Japan were all relatively independently influenced by the same base. Yeah. Because bear in mind, they're all referencing something. (laughs) And and the original Final Fantasy was December 87, within like two days of Fantasy Star. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those four games are what you would consider the entire foundation of the genre. And I mean, I really doubt that the programming turnaround was fast enough that they could use Dragon Quest directly for inspiration for the other three. It's uh, the Games could very easily take less than a year even for big games at that time, but yeah, it becomes a question of like, again, when these would have been getting finished, Dragon Quest was popular, but it was not the be-all, end-all yet. Yes. It was just happened to be first by about a year. Yeah. Or a little less. Um, so, like it's it's when the sequels come out and are also and are not only popular but more popular than the original that like it becomes, oh, Dragon Quest is the JRPG to beat. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I, I guess the answer anything to that question would be that. Final Fantasy One, Fantasy Star One, and Megami Tensei. Yeah, but anything after that, it's like if it's not if it's uh, if it if it's not like Dragon Quest, it's because it chose not to be like Dragon Quest. Yeah. So, but yeah, let's see here. Final Fantasy was definitely like somebody's Dragon um, Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Yeah. Fantasy Star was somebody's late seventies sci-fi super punk um, space punk opera thing. And with some fantasy for uh, flavoring. <laughs> oh, I mean that would have been perfectly in line with some of the Amazing Tales. Or standard oh, true, true, true. magazines, and um, or or some of the old Dragon Dungeons and Dragons campaigns. 
Um, oh yeah, some of those get water mounts. Um, and then of course, Megami Tensei was based off of a novel. Yeah, and was completely bizarre to begin with. So yeah. But yeah, after that, uh, things become more clearly like like Dragon Quest for its own sake, or not like Dragon Quest for its own sake. Yep. Let's see. Uh, okay, well, mention Fantasy Star. Question four here. As a fan of both Dragon Quest V and Fantasy Star oh, III, yeah, I'd like to hear this. your opinion about marriage systems. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, hit that. You... <laughs> oh, really? But you can okay, share well, your opinion, folks. Yeah. Fantasy Star Three definitely had a bigger impact on from the choice, but the brides in question were just, yeah. Um, it, they didn't have any thought process on them other than what they did to your stats. Yeah, I mean, but that describes a lot of Fantasy Star Three to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> it was like one of the most soulless games I ever played. <laughs> I think it's got a lot of beautiful ideas, and I wish that it had a remake that would fix them. No, I wish it had a complete re remodeling. I mean, I, like you're assuming that I mean a remake that's like a simple one, and I mean like essentially restarting from with just the core ideas. But more of a Saga Three style remake. Gotcha. Yeah, like keep the keep the colony ship setting. That's kind of neat. Uh, keep the generations uh, concept. That's neat. Everything else you can basically throw out. Mm -hmm. Oh no! Keep uh, keep how you're prior character stays there but they're like an anime character with like anime character hair color but with like a dad mustache <laughs> like one of the funniest things i have ever seen in my life was my prior character with like a sky blue dad mustache dad stash looked like he was about to go trade like mustache grooming trips with uh tips with lee van cleef <laughs> that that also has to be kept in or i will uh or i riot but otherwise yeah just just like throw out most everything else uh keep the ren units that's the other thing those things were neat and fantasy star 4 made good use of them <laughs> so here if we want to hit another question uh i've been highlighting them as we go here um in your opinion is there anything as a such anything as a Dragon Quest sound, and does Square Enix have a house band? Uh, they don't have a house band, but the Dragon Quest sound is. <laughs> I've mentioned it before, I but I have heard string quartet versions of the Dragon Quest Overture being played in the background of fancy parties in police dramas in mm -hmm. Japan. Where in America they'd be playing something by Mozart or Chopin, but nope, in Japan it's definitely Dragon Quest Overture. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. like if, if we're talking about like just sounds, I'm not even sure if the end of battle thing counts as a sound or a jingle. <laughs> well, you've got sounds. I mean, yeah, I was going to say a lot of the things I think of are the jingles, like the level up sound. Da -da 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 -da. Exactly. Or the, you got a party had... member thing. Oh, yes. And yeah, we use that in slime time every time we have a new guest on. That's a, oh, that's another thing that Yakuza steals. Like, every time that you get a party member, you have to sit there for, like, 
30 seconds while they sort of <laughs> awkwardly stand in front of you and a party, a very similar but not legally actionable jingle plays in the background. <laughs> oh, Wheels has probably had that because I swear to God, Dragon Quest Seven was the worst for that because there were so many party members that would come and go for just small amounts of time and they yeah. would play it every time they came back. It's like, <laughs> you've been gone five minutes. Hey, you rejoined the party. <laughs> There is a there is a rejoined the party jingle uh, section in this game in like a dragon as well. That's great. <laughs> um, like I can think about the going to bed sound. Like do 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 do. Yeah, it, it turns to night. Um, they got use out of that cursed item sound. Um, <laughs> in the uh, Dragon Quest Your Story movie, oh, that was a yeah, great yeah. moment. Yeah, there were a whole but, lot of I good mean, moments in that movie. It's just there wasn't a lot connecting them. Yeah, uh, the level up sound. Um, I've had that as my default notification on my phone for probably 10, 12 years, like most of my previous cell phones. And one time I didn't have my phone turned off and I was teaching fourth grade and that went off. because I got an email <laughs> or something. And some kid just looks up and like, hey, that's the Fortune Street sound. <laughs> I was like, oh, that oh. is an utterly wild association to have. It is. I was, I mean, the kid is, was, was definitely a kid that I could see being really into board games and Monopoly and everything, but that I, I did not expect that out of all the stuff. I did not expect that. Let's take this relatively obscure noise and point and tie it to something much more obscure. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, th I think it was around that time that I was talking Joker to some of the kids in school because they're all Pokemon fans. But never did I ever recommend uh, Fortune Street to any of my like eight and nine year olds. The only thing I can think of, like I'm trying to think of like an equivalent to that. And all I'm thinking <laughs> thinking of is like hearing the uh, like it, I can't even quite approach it because like the source <laughs> material would have to be obscure but, like, all I'm thinking of is, like, if a child said that, uh, heard the, like, uh, file menu music from Legend of Zelda and said it sounded like that song that plays in the background of Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> well, uh, as we're going with this, uh, we've got the reoccurring sounds, um... What little quirky reoccurrent things in Dragon Quest do you love? I've, I've, every time I see one in Yakuza like a dragon, I bring it up. So basically just listen to what I've been rambling about while grinding in this podcast. Or it's like when an enemy just does something just to be silly. Oh, yes. I actually had that written down. As you were talking about that, I was like, oh, my God, I actually have this. Um, like the <laughs> boss trolls will always like wind up to do a big old critical attack. And half the time they'll just fall down. Yep, enemies absolutely do that in this game. Yep. And then the little mini-demons um, would always try to cast uh, Sacrifice or other hugely, huge MP devastating spells. abilities. But they couldn't do it. It was like, oh, but they don't have enough MP. Yeah. Oh, man, they love doing that. <laughs> oh. Now, so, of course. Okay, Podium 3. I've got a book on my shelf that I think you would love. Uh -oh. It is a uh, it, it's a, a storybook without illustrations, 
based on mostly Dragon Quest Two, some Dragon Quest Three. <laughs> and one of the one of these stories is the little baby imp that could <laughs> about how how he went up against the 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 heroes early on and he tried his best to cast his best spell and he didn't have enough MP and he was completely embarrassed because the the heroes were like, Oh, that's so cute. And they patted him on the head and left. <laughs> and so the, the rest of the story is about how he worked so hard. He studied so hard and he worked his way up, le um, like leveling up into different types of demons until finally he was one of the arch demons in the palace at the end of dragon quest two facing off against the heroes again. <laughs> And losing. <laughs> well, it it didn't really. It the way it ended was like he never considered that they had been doing the same. <laughs> that was the last line of the story. Uh, that's a dark ending. Yeah. Oh. He finally learned how to cast explode it. <laughs> yes. And unfortunately, so did they. But the future yep. refused to change. <laughs> yes. So we've got another I, one of the ones I had on my list to uh, mention was another one that uh, makes its way to uh, like a dragon puff puffs. Oh yeah, they're conk honks in this. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you use them; they heal you, and they raise one of your personality stats depending upon who gave you the honk honk. <laughs> Wheels, have you been collecting puff puffs in uh, Dragon Quest Eleven? Uh, I have not yet. Honk, There's honk. one in every town. Is there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. And uh, when you were in, where's the desert town? Has one that directly goes back and references Dragon Quest Three, because in the <laughs> desert town of Dragon Quest Three, which you're playing right now, you know, talk about everybody goes back to Dragon Quest Three. <laughs> Talked about that earlier. <laughs> um, in Dragon Quest Three, if you're in the desert town. Um, what is it? You can a girl will say, "Oh, do you want to puff puff?" You go in, and the screen goes blank, and you hear puff puff puff, and then when it pops back up, it's her father giving you a puff puff. It's always something wild. Yep. And in and in Dragon Quest Eleven, when you're in the desert town, it's that exact same scene. <laughs> I remember. Uh... I think in eight, there's one where it's like you pay for a puff puff and like you see when it, when the screen goes blank, your character is like blindfolded and like uh, <laughs> yep. uh, one of the like big burly dudes with like the ox helmets is squishing two slimes against your head. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yep. Oh, uh, like a dragon, knowing what, everything that it can crib from Dragon Quest gives you honk honks, and I'm not quite sure what's going on with a honk honk. <laughs> I haven't gotten enough of them, clearly. Do they have Do they have mini medals? Uh, yes, they are Tojo Clan seals. Although I'm not sure if you can actually exchange them. Oh, no, uh, King Tojo Clan seal man. <laughs> that would be that would be a little <laughs> weird. <laughs> given that the Tojo plan has already existed for quite a long time at this point. But, uh, I mean, you mentioned puns and all the enemy names. Yeah. You know, that's that's a recurrent thing. That's a beautiful signature of the franchise. Yes. Butterfly. <laughs> oh. Yes, we can start looking at what Wheels is attacking there. 
toady. <laughs> I mean, that's a little bit uh, just on the nose. Um, I love when the characters, if you're trying to cast Zoom and you're indoors. Oh, and you just crash. Oh, you yeah. The... <laughs> I love that, like, the, the you know, it, it's a teleport spell, but they have to, like, the the very specific concept that it's like, well, it's teleporting you by flying you to somewhere you have, you've been. So if you crash into something, that's your fault. Yep. And, and again, going back to Dino Daibokan, they adapted the teleportation spell to make to give them Dragon Ball style flying. Yes. Of course. Yes. I'm about I was looking just the other day, I'm about sixty percent through that manga now. Mm-hmm. I have made thousands of pages of reading. It's long. It's long. Yeah. I- I can't remember exactly when I stopped reading, but it was sometime after the demon god. It's probably about volume 30 when I stopped because I had to move and something. I never got mm-hmm. back into it. I was just about to ask how many volumes that is. Fair number. Yeah, I may be in vo- I want to say volume 26 or something. It's like chapter 230 or God knows. Yeah, it's one of those ones that's like long shonen manga rather than like one piece shonen manga yeah so we've hit the first 10 questions we've actually gotten through 10 of these we've got to we've got to hit the questions that uh that were for you because well (laughs) they're for you (laughs) well Mm -hmm. this question is uh not related to me because it's got the word slim in it but uh How slim is the chance for a new mystery dungeon game to be made? And I'm assuming, since these were all Dragon Quest ones, he was implying a Dragon Quest mystery dungeon. Oh, don't. Last one was make the Yankus one, I guess? Yes. Give me. Give give me. I, I once. I think my opinion on this is it's like paper thin. I don't think it's the most unlikely thing because, like, they they revisit series every so often when they're doing mm-hmm. mystery dungeons, and those are still going strong. So I could see us, I could see one happening eventually, but I wouldn't say like definitely within the next five years. Well, I mean, they, they I think they found their Pokemon to be better sellers, and even it's, Chocobo. It's well. I mean, like there are there are fewer Pokemon, uh, there are fewer Chocobo ones than there are Dragon Quest yeah. ones. Come on, but you know, Silvando's Mystery Dungeon. <laughs> Listen, I would play it. I would play that in a heartbeat. I would buy five copies. So just for just <laughs> for the information down. of everyone watching, I have reached Legendary Heroes Bat EXEX. Woohoo! Congratulations. It took so much money. It took so <laughs> many materials. A winner is you. It is a ridiculous object that uh, has spikes all over it and spews lightning every time it hits something. <laughs> so, Seems like a little bit of overkill. Listen, if I'm going to fight them on, I'm going to need way more than that. <laughs> so... Uh, you know the whole mystery dungeon series started with Torneco. Yeah, Torneco. Yeah, uh, Torneco's yep. mystery dungeon was the first one. Yeah, and the first was. one where they were like, "We don't feel like paying for a license with Sheer and the Wanderer," mm-hmm. which feels very Dragon Quest E. Yeah, it's just it's it feels like they just filed off uh, the serial numbers yeah. for Torneco and 
Yes, I mean specifically like. I mean that's well, what they did. Yeah, yeah. Specifically the original one because the yeah. later ones not aren't as. It much. develops more of an idea. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like it, it makes the mystery dungeon starting with Torneco makes more sense when you remember that Chunsoft was the developer for the first Correct. handful of Dragon Quests. So it's like, you know, but they kept the mystery dungeon IP. They just didn't have the Dragon Quest one. So, you know, every so often they still do like, it's not like Chunsoft and Enix have some sort of bitter uh, acrimony. It's just, you know, sometimes they do a new one. I mean, they just did that port of the uh, the Wii Chocobo one to Switch not too long ago. Well, yeah. Switch and yeah, uh, everybody. PS4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a very, very good mystery dungeon, and a very cute name. Yes, <laughs> and has it is like chock full of really good remixes of Final Fantasy songs. Highly recommend. Oh, that's right. I need to go. I need to go to bedtime. Nice. So yeah, I mean, there was what they made four of them because uh, Torneco got three. Um, yeah, and we got the Young Genghis. One? We did. We got the second one. Because it was SNES, PS1, and then PS2 slash GBA. Oh, okay, okay. And that, like, I remember being deeply confused when looking at PS1 games as to what the hell Torneco the Last (laughs) Pope was. (laughs) I don't, that that name is not indicative. Uh, I hope they never use claymation like that again. That was weird. I don't know what their thought process was there. They used it in what was it Dragon Quest Set Dragon Warrior Seven Dragon Quest Seven for the PS One. Was yeah. it that time that era that you just had to have FMVs with claymation? I don't feel like there was an ever an era where that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> I was just assumed it was easier to animate with polygons or something. It was, yeah, like that. That I remember the critical reception at the time for Torneco was deeply like, "What is this?" Because <laughs> like there w- there had been no console roguelike presence in decades at that stage, at least in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So like the reaction to Torneco: The Last Hope was like, "What kind of RPG starts you over at level one?" <laughs> And it was not well received. <laughs> but it seems like a game that would probably uh, at least have an audience now, which is why we keep getting Shiran games for some reason. Uh, yep. Don't say for some reason. We get them because they're very good. <laughs> Listen, there are a lot of very good things that we don't get. <laughs> okay, that's true. Speaking of very good things that we didn't get, question 13, how many people actually played Kenshin Dragon Quest? And do you think it's something worth being preserved alongside Swords? The hell was that? Was this the arcade game? I totally played that. I have no idea what it is. Somebody, what is, is that the so, arcade game? It's the sword that plugged into your yeah, TV. Yeah, oh, that thing. Oh, and yeah, you, that was not it was successful. Uh, <laughs> not even in Japan, I think. Well, like, no, that's I, a weird object. I saw some article that it sold half a million units in Japan. That is, by Dragon Quest standards, an abysmal failure. Yeah. <laughs> well, true, but this is like a peripheral. 
Was that a peripheral? I thought that was like a plug and play thing. I thought the whole well, plug and play, yeah, something else. Yeah, yeah, it's not a peripheral because it didn't attach anything. It was a plug and play. Yeah, like the the whole point of such an object would be to like market Dragon Quest to people who didn't have consoles or couldn't afford them. <laughs> and if you if you sold five hundred thousand units doing that, it means that like by by all reasonable standards, even though five hundred thousand units probably paid for its development, it was still a failure. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever see those sitting around Gaijin I have seen them before in the stores but I haven't seen any in years I mean at this point I mean I can't imagine that they were like the most well made product ever so I mean no. and uh, from what I understand uh, you really need a CRT <laughs> television to play this oh lordy does it rely on scan lines like a light gun Yes. Oh no. Yeah, because you've been able to play that for about nine years. Yep. Because you're swinging. It, it's basically—is it Dragon Quest One on rails? Basically, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was. Yep. It, it's not. It's it's not like a hundred percent its own thing. Like Dragon Quest Swords had its own story and world and everything. And like the gimmick whatever. is that you're doing Dragon Quest One, basically. Yeah, I think it was. You, you know, we're, we're taking this original concept, making it first person, and you're swinging the sword around. Which feels like an idea targeted to try to get very young children into Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, and this is why I bought... This is how I, why I got my free Wii <laughs> last year to uh, try to get my son into it more and... I kind of did, but not the way I wanted, not the way I thought it was going to go. <laughs> the monkey's paw curls. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, actually, I, I put all these questions on uh, the Dragon's Den and was just kind of asking around, and someone's like, oh, man, I really preferred Kenshin over swords. I was huh. like, ooh, really? I'm like, okay. There was someone with strong opinions on that. I suppose that's what yes. Dragon's what a Dragon Quest fan site would be for. <laughs> That's right. I mean, everybody else was like, ah, you know, it sounds like a cool concept. They never played it, whatever, you know. Right? Uh, was that's that the, the one, one place you'll find TV? someone who has a strong opinion one way or the other. Exactly. So, uh, you know what? I, why, why can't you're putting old Game Boy, regular Game Boy, when we're looking at Saga, um, you know, Game Boy games are getting ported now all the time to the Switch. Why can't we have uh, Kenshin on the Switch? I can swing uh, my little... A complete reworking the... of how it functions? I was going to say, quite <laughs> possibly the game programming is so completely different, it wouldn't... It'd have to try from the beginning. God yeah. only knows what it was actually... Like, those plug-and-play things were usually, like, were built on very bespoke... Like, a lot of the ones in the U.S. were built on, like, essentially, like, Fami clone hardware, but I would imagine that like that Dragon Quest one is probably built on something much weirder, which means that like the process of porting it would not probably merit the kind of money that it costs compared <laughs> to building a Game Boy emulator. <laughs> How do I emulate a Z80? Well, that was my college project. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so yeah, okay. No hope of a port on that one. <laughs> I mean, like, you would be... They would sooner make a new game that played like it and just give it a different name entirely. <laughs> and you know what? Let's do that. 
you know, I, I would still probably put that as less likely than us seeing a, another Dragon Quest roguelike. <laughs> oh, I just want to swing around stuff, <laughs> hit things without a reminder to put my wrist strap on. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're getting into some like real specific audience here. <laughs> Speaking of a really specific audience. So uh, one of the last couple of questions there is a Legend of Zelda-inspired cookbook. If anyone decides to make a Dragon Quest-inspired cookbook, what recipes would be included in it? The entire menu of Luida's Tavern in Japan, in Tokyo. Makes that sense. is pretty much the only answer I got from anybody. <laughs> I was going to say it's already there. About, like slime stromboli or whatever, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, this has already been done. Just put it in cookbook form. I would like someone had to sit down and make all make uh, those decisions already. So you might as well. Yeah. Don't reinvent the wheel. Or the slime pancake. I, I sell us the slime shaped pancake mold. So. Yes, I, I was going to say, I've, I've got a surprisingly number of friends who have that. Is that really surprising given the people you associate with? <laughs> Yeah. I don't no, think they're not. really at, uh, but the fact that how many of them are actually going to use that thing? <laughs> Why has that ever factored into the things nerds buy? <laughs> I, I'd expect more amiibo. Well, I mean, you've only got one Dragon Quest amiibo. I'd, I'd ex expect more like I thought there slime were plushies. Because they had the that. alternate costume. No, there's only been one. There's only huh. one. That's a shame. Yeah. You know, much like Highlander, there can only be one. There could be more than one. <laughs> but I think we need to have a lime, lime slime <laughs> recipe. There's also a lot of food in uh, Dragon Quest of the Stars. A lot of the power-ups yeah, in that game are... Yeah, mobile game success. That's a shame. Yep. Have it eat a, eat a slime... What is it? a uh, ice cream cone. And get 10% more experience on your next battle. That sounds no, good. I, didn't I, that. I didn't play that for more than a week a year ago. <laughs> Yakuza Like a Dragon person. lets you eat uh, combinations of meals to increase stats and defense and uh, experience gain. <laughs> nice. Let's all talk about Yakuza Like a Dragon. No, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, let's all talk to Zoidberg. <laughs> let's all talk about Dragon Quest Seven instead. Uh, well, was this one? Oh, no, this is not one. All right, so the last question. And I, I got pretty much no answers for this from anybody. Uh, the worst mistranslation in Dragon Quest history. And the most hilarious one. I don't feel like... So Dragon Quest doesn't get translated that often usually when it does it's by people that care way too much so i can't think of any like major like you just completely lost a plot here <laughs> mm -hmm. um one that occurred to me and um i was listening to it uh one of the hosts of dragon quest fm podcast austin actually brought it up recently uh the guy who translated the game boy color versions Mm -hmm. mistakenly put Lodo in there. Like That's like a mistake. <laughs> yep. 
like just completely put Lodo instead of Roto and like there's all there's been debate in Dragon Quest fandom for years like oh is it Lodo or Roto or da 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 well like the translators actually came out and be like no that's just my bad it's one of those situations where like both of those are perfectly valid interpretations of that name mm-hmm so it just becomes like, well, which which one do you prefer? And which one does Square Enix try to standardize you to? And the answer is that they don't try to standardize you, standardize you to that. They try to standardize you to Airdrick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I love Airdrick. It's a good name. name. It is. I think, uh, who cooked up that name? Was Airdrick referenced in Dragon Quest One? Because that would mean Nintendo did it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because, so yeah. Yeah, you've got Erdrick's um with the, the tomb. emblem. Yeah, you got Erdrick's tomb. You gotta get the uh Yeah, yeah. His emblem or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it seems like that is an artifact of Nintendo cooking that up. It's uh, not as annoying as the Eris Aerith argument. Uh that one's much worse. <laughs> Mostly because much more people are willing to get up in arms about that one. Yep. But, uh... Yeah, um... Erdrick even made that appearance in uh, Final Fantasy 1. Here mm. lies Erdrick. Yep. Yes. May Link rest in peace. As the future Final Fantasy 1s would say, yep. I believe, I, I believe when I looked at it, like, that's what it always said in Japan. Did it? Yeah, and I could see Nintendo, like, translating that out. It's like, you can make fun of them. You can't make fun of us. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to draw the line somewhere. Well, there you go, Fire Miner. We hit all 14. All 14 wow, Dragon please. Questions. Dragon Questions. But did we? There was some other things that were like specifically. Uh, oh, I haven't gone through the gigantic list. Were there uh, other ones in there? Uh, oh, no, it was just, I was just going to bring up that a few questions were asked in reference to uh, in, uh, clarifications from last from a pre or oh, prior yes. episode. Did Shall we that. just go over those two then, really quick? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh. So one of them was, uh, I'm, I'm going to do some interpretation on this. Are the earliest games like Pong considered media? Like, uh, I think what, what they meant was like art in that sense, because like, of course, they're media. They are a medium that where things are played. But uh, how exactly does it manipulate your emotion? Well, this is where you get into like questions of game as art and narrative versus game as sport. But I mean, like games of as sport and manipulate your emotion uh, by making you feel more competitive and investing you into the uh, investing you into the narrative that is created by your play. Uh, is narrative between struggle between you and the machine or the second player? Yep, pretty much. Uh, then again, is there a score uh, a score ceiling to these games? Yes, they they stop at eleven points in Pong actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the a lot of games have theoretical score ceilings that have never really been reached unless they're games like Pac-Man. But uh, yeah, like the the manipulation of your emotions is the feeling of accomplishment and mastery that comes from them. Like when you when you look at becoming skilled at a game, like 
that isn't there is no inherent value in being good at the at these like button pressing exercises but like a game that is successful at making you interested in the score attack uh manipulates your emotions by essentially trying to make you feel cool for having done it is very common so like uh to look at it another way uh no one, very few people are playing Devil May Cry for the story, but the thing that causes people to keep coming back to those games is the feeling of mastery that the game encourages by having a constant grade in the corner that's telling you, you're getting better, look at how cool you're doing. <laughs> and, like, that's the modern uh, equivalent of that score attack pursuit. Mm-hmm. But, like, even just the concept of put the score in the corner, show you every time it goes up, it's that same uh, concept. That the same kind of concept with uh, games that have a map completion. Yeah, when a game gives you like a completion percentage of the map, it's it's partly to help you because it means that you don't have to keep exploring, but it's also partly to say, but have you seen everything? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can see that. I mean, I do it just because I want that number to say one hundred. Yeah, people like number I, go I, up. Yep, man, number go up. I, I want to see 100. I don't give two shits about 97.3. Like 97.3 means, oh, still 2.7% off, aren't you? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not an A+. Plus. That's an F- minus <laughs> on a video game for me. <laughs> the worst grade imaginable, an A-. Minus minus. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh... That that would be my my clarification of like you you basically figured out what my response would be uh, and I assume that no one else is too uh, interested in contradicting in this case. No. <laughs> no. And then as when I asked the question on games about conspiracies that don't happen, I had another game in mind. I vaguely remember it was a walking simulator about a character who I'm pretty sure had uh, schizophrenia and it came out after Depression Quest. You could be talking about a few things. The one that was well known would be Hellblade Sent with Sacrifice. Uh, but do you guys have any idea about a game like that? If not, is there any games with delusional or paranoid playable characters? Again, I think your Hellblade would probably well, be what you're thinking of. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing that came to mind for me was Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, yeah. Yet. Although that's the twist is that your character is not in his right mind. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. When you get right down to it, it's like slightly delusional. Um, he's and there's all sorts of like weird hallucinations he's, that he's seeing throughout the game. Yeah, he's currently um, occasionally hallucinating. Sometimes the hallucinations talk back. Sometimes they make him do things. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's it's a very compelling way to get you into a character's head because you're seeing things from his perspective. So like you know something weird's going on, but you can't make sense of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you're interested in that sort of game, uh, again, Hellblade is probably what you're looking for. Which uh, I think is available on basically everything, although the sequel will be an Xbox exclusive. Yeah. Get it on Switch, Xbox, etc. Game Pass. Yeah. Microsoft bought the developer sometime around two years ago, I think. But um, And... Dave, I, I think you pretty much covered Scar's question at the end here, too. Oh, if you notice you're close to platinuming a game, does that uh, give you the motivation to finish the remaining achievements? Actually, I haven't. 
because I consider I, I never actually look at achievements. If I got the platinum, it was strictly by accident. <laughs> but yeah, I've never gotten a platinum, so. Uh... Yeah, like if the game the game has to be putting the number in my face for me to care, the system UI is something that I routinely ignore. <laughs> so I have never gone out of my way to get a hundred out of a hundred on like an Xbox or PS PlayStation game for trophies or achievements. It's just like, eh, eh. Just some of those trophies are. I mean, they're either trivial like, to the point of you're embarrassing me, or. They're like, how in the world would you ever expect a person to survive this? <laughs> There's no real middle ground here for a lot of games. So. <sighs> yeah, I don't have personal strong opinions on like, I'm glad that a lot of people get value out of like trophy and achievement hunting, but they, they mean nothing to me. <laughs> yeah, same to me. Like I said, I've never hit a platinum. Yeah, I don't think I have. I'm just, like, speaking on the off chance that, like, one of the games that I did basically everything in might have given it to me at some stage. Mm -hmm. It's like I threw 120-odd hours into Persona 5 Royal and got and filled out the compendium. There's a decent chance that was enough for the Platinum, but I don't know. <laughs> I 100%ed a Child of Light, but that didn't have a Platinum. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that really... was a Vita game? Yeah. Or at least uh, the only version that I can think of that might have had trophies would be the Vita version. Yeah, I, yeah, I had played it on the Vita. And at one point, I, I just explored all the map just because it was a beautiful game. I wanted to keep going. Like VR and, was uh, half, half the show at that point. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like I got a gold trophy, and the gold trophy was for getting all the other trophies. That's weird. I didn't. I thought that they all had to have platinum trophies. I didn't know that they. <laughs> this is this yeah. showing exposing how little I pay attention to trophies. I, I think for like some downloadable games that that was the case that they like didn't have platinum. Oh so. yeah, the only way that I played it was that you sent me the physical version at some stage. Yeah. So I thought of it as a physical game, but in the U.S. it was oh. probably a download only game. It wasn't even. A gold trophy. Uh, there ah. were 19 bronze and one silver. Wow. wow. This is like how Xbox Live Arcade games were only allowed to have 200 points in achievements. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, the man, I'm just thinking of like the kinds of... When people cared about trying to have the highest achievement cumulative total and the kinds of games they would farm to get a thousand more points were hilarious because <laughs> it was just all like this garbage games based on kids shows that like had the most perfunctory uh, achievements imaginable I think the infamous one was like there was a game based off of Avatar The Last Airbender that you could get a thousand out of a thousand on it within three minutes because all of the achievements were about get X uh, get a combo to X number and you could do that in the first fight just mm. did not care no one gave a shit <laughs> and then you get uh, one, one thing I do want to bring up about these because I think they're extremely funny is uh, very early in the 360's life developers had no idea how 
to structure achievements. I believe the first game that had like achievements that were structured in a way that would resemble a modern game is Dead Rising. But mm. uh, to the point where EA released a bunch of sports games for the Xbox 360's launch, where one of the achievements was be number one in the world in the online leaderboards. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and those were not only like obviously ridiculous things to request of a player at any point. But of course, eventually the servers went down and now you can't play them at all. <laughs> so, you know, video games. Uh, what's the other, there was at least one other where it's like, this is ridiculous that this was, that this was even contemplated, but that, that, that one, like, be number one in the world as, like, the the other end of this. <laughs> Why did you do this? Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, when the 360 was launching, one of its launch titles was Dead or Alive 4. And I remember reading an interview with the director of that in Electronic Gaming Monthly at the time, where they asked him about his experience with, like, what he thought of the achievement system. And his response was, what are those? <laughs> and then like someone someone from the like company was like oh they're they're a thing that has to be in there for the game to pass certain he's like oh yeah they're, they're probably in there whatever <laughs> like he did not give a shit <laughs> but yeah so yeah there's uh, there's my uh <laughs> there's all the achievement info i could give you <laughs> nice So you mentioned something earlier that reminded me of some news from today. Oh. Do uh, tell. Uh, well, that our favorite, possibly owned by the Mafia <laughs> company. Or THQ Nordic, for those THQ who don't Nordic, know. Nordic, yes. Or rather, their parent company has made some new purchases Truly bizarre ones. Yes. Specifically, Gearbox is now under the same umbrella as THQ Nordic and Deep Silver. That's not that surprising. That feels like the less confusing one of the two. Yeah, the other, the real confusing one was they bought Aspire, Aspire, which has primarily in the past been a company the that reports... Their report factory. And a good one. Yeah. Primarily to Mac... That's and why Wheels knows them. Wheels re- lived many years inside Mac gaming. Yes, and more recently they've done some Switch ports of some of the... the... They did the Lucas ones, right? Right, which is... They're ports of games they've ported to the Mac in the past, so they were already familiar with the code base. Uh, Port KOTOR to Switch, cowards. Yes. But yeah, they are now... Um, probably going to be porting a bunch of resurrected franchises to various platforms so uh, hope you hope you're excited for uh, probably ports of like saints row 2 or whatever yeah sounds fun kingdoms of amalur re-reckoning that's uh do that's we know the developer coming, on that actually. one actually um I saw like I a news story know. about how. Oh, what? Yeah, that's a good question. 
going to say, I saw a news story, like a just sort of a news blip about how Virtuous Interactive is excited to announce some Switch projects this year, and I'm very curious what they're doing. Uh, let's see. Re-Reckoning is done by Kaiko. Kiko? Kaiko? Kaiko? I don't like that name. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember which games Virtuous did the... Uh, porting on, but they're they're a reliable hand at switch ports, so I'm excited to see what they're getting pulled in for. Let's see, oh, they did Outer Worlds and Bioshock and XCOM to the Switch, so I'm interested in whatever else that they're apparently porting to Switch. Fingers crossed for I don't know something weird. Let's see, Kaiko Games. This is a strange-looking website. They did. Oh, they did Red Faction Guerrilla Remastered. Oh, okay. So they're they're already experienced. uh, Yeah. THQ Nordic Port Factory. Darksiders Two Death Death in Definitive. Yeah, it's misprinted on the website here. (laughs) Well, that's unfortunate. Definitive. (laughs) I can. I feel like Definitive would actually be better than what they went with. So is it actually that? No, I'm pretty sure it's Definitive, because I remember thinking that it was a weird mouthful of a title. Oh, no, it looks like it is actually Definitive. definitive. Wow. For some reason, I remember it being Definitive and, like, tripping over that name as being, like, the worst name imaginable. Definitive is still bad, but at least it's, like, actually a joke. They did the Legend of K Anniversary Edition. That is a game that I'm baffled how many times it's been re-released. Every time I see it, I'm like, how does this keep coming back? Like, not even that it's a bad game. It's just like, of all things. But yeah, I think we're just about done, unless we've got uh, something someone else wants to talk about. Um, Okay, let's see. Plug time, I suppose. Yeah, always. Uh, Always, yes. At the end. Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, Michael Yarimizu, on available on Amazon, um, Kindle Unlimited. Um, three paperbacks available now. I just ordered my copy Woo-woo. of the third collection. All right. Uh, or just uh, keep reading them on Kindle Unlimited if you'd like. I'm very interested in hearing how Alexa's reading deals with some of the with one of the creative character accents and from the eighth episode onward. Oh heavens. Uh, Hey, um, you know the, the stereotype of the, uh, of, the dun- of the game master trying a little too hard to put a funny accent on a character or NPC? Yeah. Yeah, now imagine that the game master actually does speak some French and has decided to, or and somebody else has decided to put gift this NPC with the canonical worst French accent imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> it, it gets fun. <laughs> At least it gets fun for me, (laughs) because I had a I had a great time. I mean, the tenth episode isn't out yet, but in that one, it's kind of um, it's uh, determined that the the NPC in question is deliberately playing up his accent as an as a psychological weapon. Um, (laughs) It works. Yep. So he and a different um, he and a different character actually get into a variation on the Cyrano de Bergerac insult duel. 
So. Well, just because I can. Because you could. Yes. Well, one of the nicer things about actually self-publishing this particular series, there's nobody around to tell me that that's not a good idea for a joke. <laughs> it's too late. I already made it. Yes. And if I want a uh, if I want a silly dual scene that manages to make references to uh, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, uh, Cyrano de Bergerac, two or three different Tom and Jerry cartoons, one scene from Adam's Family, and and Secret of Monkey Island, sure, why not? You can be as self-indulgent as you want to be. Yes, I can. <laughs> yeah. But uh, sounds like I someone recommend. had just mentioned starting up one of those. Yes, I just started uh, Banquets and Other Social Disasters the other night. Nice. Number six, yay! So, getting there, getting there. Yay. Gotta keep moving or else, uh, or else he'll outpace you. No, no danger of that anytime soon. I'm st actually I just finished the manuscript for the uh, the paralogue. Hmm. Um, yeah, at, at the end of episode nine, like two thirds of the cast gets sent off to summer camp for a week. Oh boy! So I've got the story of summer camp. <laughs> nice. Well, we gotta yes, play a pickup game now. <laughs> yep. Um, the summer camp. The summer camp saga ended up being. About as long as the first two collections combined. Oh wow! <laughs> so um, yeah, it, it's it's sunk a bit of time in there. That's so. Um, I need to start working on the mainline episodes again, eventually soon. <laughs> oh, so, you had fun. <laughs> yeah. I need to finish typing the thing. I've got ten notebook pages left. Uh, Don't ask me what that translates into for word processor pages because I'm not quite sure. Yeah, that's a that's a very individual sentiment to begin with. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I do know my uh, my general average per page word count. That's something. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't want to hear it. Uh, I'm scared of it already, but. <laughs> well, it's uh, 1,230 words per page on average. That's pretty cramped. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> wow. Yeah, a thousand words on a page. Notebook. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think I can beat that. Gosh. Yep. I, yep. Um, in, in middle school, we used to get those little what half a millimeter lead mechanical pencils mm -hmm. and try to take the notes on the board in as little space as possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I do it with uh, incredibly cheap 100 yen store pens. I hate mechanical pencils. They always break on me. It's like, it's not worth the effort. Fair enough, mm -hmm. fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, the actual notebook in question. I So uh, three paperbacks, one paralog that's easily the size of two paperbacks, and a couple extra, uh, at least one extra episode so far, and I'm only on the second notebook. <laughs> They're both the same size. The ha the handwriting has only gotten more cramped, which is why there's three books worth of content in one notebook right now. That's terrifying. Yep. It is a A6 index notebook ring binder uh, with uh, 166 sheets in it. Okay. Nope. Not ready to contemplate that fully. Um... Oh, no. I'm I mean, just if I want to scare students, I just take this out of my note, uh, out of my bag and show them, and they're like, I can't. It's hurting my eyes. <laughs> yeah. 
Whew. Well, that's yes, uh, available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. With much more to come. Yes. You can conveniently read it onto your Kindle and not have to lug that around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, I did the Dead Tree editions just so somebody could get them if they really wanted. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it's yeah, good to have it. like a... <laughs> It's yeah. good to have like a permanent uh, version. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but the funny thing is, I I mean, if you bought all of the stories, um, the um, ebook stories that are in the, any of the collections, I would be getting more royalties than just from the paperback. Hmm. Yeah. Like hmm. almost almost half again as much. It's crazy. Just like so. we've seen many times by the digital versions of games, if you really uh, love the company. Hmm. What if you bought both, though? <laughs> well, we're not all wheels. <laughs> no, no. Wheels buys, several copies of wheels buys several physical copies in addition to its digital copies. Yeah, Sorry, I, under, on, I undersold on Twitter, that one. On Twitter the other day, it was like they had a picture of three different Super Nintendo games. There's a Chrono Trigger, Metroid, and Yoshi's <laughs> Island. And it's like, okay, which three do you choose? And Wheels' answer was Chrono Trigger three times. <sighs> That Two was, times sealed. That was just supposed to be a wise ass answer to that question because they're obvious. And yet, it was still the best one. Uh. <laughs> it was also the most accurate to Wheels' collection. Yes. <laughs> I do have two copies of Chrono Trigger DS. Sure. Why? <laughs> uh, the Japanese one because it's got a different cover and also has English. Okay, fair enough. It does have English. Yep. Sure does. Yeah, I should just put down tw- two thousand yen for one of those sometime. It's a great game. It's a great version. <laughs> I really should, but I've got so much in the backlog anyway. The nice thing about Chrono Trigger is that it's secretly only like ten hours long. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> true. Cool. And I mean, it's not like I don't know exactly what's going to happen anyway. Yeah, it's one of those things that's super breezy to replay, even if you're just starting from a raw file. Because it's like it's nice and easy and quick. Yeah. So, just something to con- um, consider when I'm when I need to entertain the daughters in a few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, that's it's still one of like your archetypal good RPG. I don't think uh, anyone can beat it for just raw structure and pacing. Yeah, but yeah, just keep in mind you have to get the child to be interested in that sort of game. Just uh... yeah. Not I speaking mean, from personal experience. And frustration. <laughs> I mean, he's not, he's not really but we sad. are we're talking about a f- currently four year old who is obsessed with Sophia the First, Elena of Avalor, and is currently binging Lost in Oz, an Amazon Prime series, and she gets really really upset when the next episode ends because it is very highly sequential. <laughs> um, I mean, we're not there are there's no such thing as an independent episode in this series. Each one leads directly into the next one. And she keeps track. I, oh, I wow. would take that Can't over. You're raising a nerd. I would take that over hearing uh, the Lion Guard, Lion Guard theme song for the millionth time. <laughs> Every time oh, we watched, we watched all the way through that one. And she's okay. moved on. So. Like my brain is not ready oh, to process oh, but, that TV show exists, Wales. It's, yeah, but the, fun, the most fun <laughs> recent one was... Um, my Little Pony started up again on Disney over here. But for some reason, the first two seasons are J- Japanese only. There's no English um, sound. Huh. So she watched through the first episode for the first time 
in just in Japanese. She's seen the third season all in English. And <laughs> late after that, she was explaining to her mother in English the story of the first se- of the first episode. That's very cute. And and it was like, and then and then uh, Queen Celestia banished her to the moon. I'm like, <laughs> where did we get the word banished? <laughs> that is actually quite a lot from a four-year-old. I'm like, I'm impressed because I do not, I actually do not know where you learned that word. I mean, when you when you were using the word amulet all the time, I knew exactly where you got that one. It was Sophia. Uh, when you when you were using the word elixir, I was pretty sure I knew where you got that one because I'd seen that episode recently. But banished, where did you get that one? <laughs> Yes. Well, that's very cute. <laughs> yes. So she is going to be driving some English teachers insane in a few years. I can't <laughs> believe you're raising a nerd. <laughs> I can. I can too, but I'm trying to be polite. I'm trying to, and I've only managed one so far. Listen, don't well, be sports dad. Never be sports dad. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, they don't care. <laughs> no, no, I'm not talking about that. When I'm saying sports dad, I refer to the kind of person who's like, I love football, and that's why you have to play football, son. Oh, yeah, no, no, definitely not. Oh, no, that, Any that nerds wish to be sports dad, but for their childhood childhood video games. Oh, I, I was going to say, Dave, uh, Lion Guard is, imagine a cartoon... Uh, no, I know what it is. Called... cartoon with magical roar powers. It's like yeah, like you told me about that. Yes. I can't process it, even though like the first Lion King cartoon was this insane Timon and Pumbaa spinoff spinoff that had no, essentially never had an episode that was just about Timon and Pumbaa living in the jungle. It was always like they went to the college nearby for some reason. Yeah, we we pretend that one never existed. <laughs> No, no. Right now, right now, mine is obsessed with Lilo and Stitch, the series. Oh, that was. I I heard like Stitch in general was quite popular in Japan. Very, um, to the point where they actually did uh, like an animated anime. Yeah, it's like a Japan only a Japan only anime of it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we're watching the original series now, and we keep. Um, well, uh, one of the Disney. State and channels over here was um, finishing up its broadcast like at the end of last month. Yeah. So they had marathons. So we got almost the entire first series of Lilo and Shotgun. Uh, <laughs> no, just it's on TiVo now. Oh. So okay. We missed a few episodes at the beginning, but um, she she really loves the last episode in the sequence where they rescue Angel, <laughs> and we keep rewatching that one episode over and over again. I, I sometimes miss my level of commitment to a single piece of media as a child where I could just watch. Like, it, it it was not even a question. It's like, oh, of course I'm going to watch this again. The exact same episode yeah. over and over. <laughs> well, um, my younger one is obsessed with Tots. I don't know what that is. It's a it's very recent. It's like uh, within the last two years. But it's a cartoon set in an, an anthropomorphic animal world. And it's about the stork company that delivers babies. Huh. And the main characters are the two interns at this company. One's a penguin, the other's a flamingo. This sounds kind of like Boss Baby. <laughs> oh, it is not nearly as uh, sarcastic. Okay. Or, uh, 
mean as the boss baby can be. <laughs> this one is just rather cute. Yeah, it, it sounds like it is cute for the sake of being cute, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, except it's only, we only have 21 episodes of it, and we've watched them, like, all of them, literally two to three times a week. Oh, Lordy. Because my younger one rarely, rarely agrees to watch anything besides this show. <laughs> However, she has decided that she does like um, Mita, Royal Detective, and Lilo and Stitch occasionally. She will uh, let Big Sister have her shows occasionally. <laughs> Other times, she knows what the remote control is. She knows vaguely how it works. She'll get she there eventually. She will turn on the TV if we don't watch her. Um, my four-year-old has figured out how to access the Plex server and navigate through oh, that. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, yes, that the latest one was uh, Scooby-Doo and Scrappy... Scrappy do. I made a I made a comment about Scrappy a couple weeks ago, and both kids were like, "What?" <laughs> oh no! Now they know. You fool! <laughs> what have you done? Of course, the older one is up to like 120 hours on Pokemon Shield now, and that's he 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 uh, multitasks by watching and yelling at Scrappy and playing Pokemon Shield at the same time. Jealous. <laughs> I have to hear and then Ro I, Roblox every other day. Oh, I, I dodged that bullet. And while we have Minecraft on the uh, iPad, neither one is very interested with it. I mean, they'll, they'll fool around for a little bit. and It's not an obsession. For set it aside. No. No, Pokemon Shield has become... I, 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 my we next job... Start sobbing right now. <laughs> <laughs> my son, uh, what is it? He got Verizion and all those with the footprints in the tundra. And now he's like, daddy, you got to look up how I can do whatever's next. It's like, I don't even know what you've done at this point. You, you've played this game four times as long as me. I finally traded him everything from my sword game this week. I said, you've just seeded all that territory. Yeah. I was like, here's everything. Every, every, <laughs> uh, he, he, and after like five minutes, he told me it was quicker if he just took my uh, switch light. Wow. And put stuff in the home and then got on his and took stuff out of the home. I don't think that I've heard of someone getting savaged by their child that efficiently <laughs> in a while. So, uh, no dead. Too slow. Yep. Well, speaking of children, I really do need to pick mine up in about 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, so we should probably. Um, and we'll get his sleep. Yes. Oh, so do Sleep I. Good. I'm looking at a three-hour night here. This should be fun, but that's okay. Oh, boy. Yes, we need our Don't rest die. for the Super Bowl this weekend. Why? Yes. <laughs> Go Bucks. Oh, yes, it's sports ball weekend. Sports Go sports ball. ball. It is. Go team. Brady Bowl 10. Q sports song by Weird Al Yankovic. Yay. Brady I've already Bowl taken X. Monday off. I don't know if I'll be celebrating or crying, but you're going to no need work that for time. Me. I'm gonna need that time celebrating. Screw the Chiefs. I, That's right. I, I will. I will rest happy in the knowledge that I don't know who's playing, and I don't care. <laughs> All you need uh, to know is Tom Brady. Uh, That's it. Un unless Tom Brady. unless it, we end up with another situation where the Times Picayune of New Orleans decides to burn the game. Now I'm just wondering about. Uh, you keep praising Tom Brady, and now I'm just trying to remember when was the last time he kissed his son on the mouth. 
I don't know. His family has left Tampa this week and last week. They decided to give him uh, 12 straight days at home alone. <laughs> what? He has used he has used that time to just watch film. I don't understand, That's... man. He's probably got a few head injuries, though, so I don't get to, like, condemn him. But anyway, we're probably done here. We should probably talk about what people <laughs> should be doing. Uh, as it turns out, uh, we t- tend to take questions from the Discord or the comment section. I should have checked the comment section. Uh, I didn't. That was my dele- dereliction. We have but... not had any comments on any podcast for the last two weeks, I think. Okay, okay. Thank you. Uh, but, you know, if you put them in the comment section, usually I'll read them. Uh, and we will uh, respond to them there. But also, as is clear, we will uh, respond to ones in the Discord, and we'll happily do so. So, you know, uh, go join the RP Gamer Discord and go into the podcast section and, you know, at me wheel, or wheels, or just ask a question. We'll assume it's for us, yes. unless you say otherwise. Um, also, be yeah, sure. Does anybody else answer any questions from the podcast section? I don't think so. Uh, I've seen comments directed at other podcasts, but I don't think I've seen question many questions for them. No. But... There are few and far between, yes. <laughs> to be None fair, the podcast RPG section backtrack. used to be called to be fair, the podcast section used to be called <laughs> the QA quest section. It it was. But yeah, continue. Uh, oh, sure. I was gonna say if you're looking for other stuff that you should be doing you should be listening to RPG Backtrack, um, another one of our RP Gamer podcasts where we uh, dive deeper into some games. Um, we just had our latest one recorded the same night as this one. David and I were both on there. Um, me not talking, David talking a lot. <laughs> uh. Yes, Kingdom Hearts 3. So uh, by the time you hear this, that'll be up too. Unless we'll... It's weird and doesn't then like puts it up tomorrow. <laughs> so I, I, I need to see if there's anything coming up that I can actually contribute to again. Yeah, that was a, those those are no longer six hours long, so yeah. you might actually have time. Check the list. Yeah. There's thing. So what's coming up on those? Any ideas? Pokemans. Well, let me open. We've got Nino Kuni two coming up next week. Uh, we've got. Okay. Pokemon, um, the original ones, red and blue, coming up at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, it gets a little more vague. We're probably going to do Sonic Chronicles in the Dark, Bravely Second, uh, Yakuza 5, <sighs> Etrian Odyssey 5. Um, then after that, there's a couple that don't have anybody on there, so they may get bumped. But that, that's probably our next uh, few months list. Well, let me know when and if you ever decide to do Metal Max. I don't think there's been one for ba- there, uh, ba- there, I don't think that's been backtracked before. There, there has not. It, it, no, no, it has not even come up on our future maybe list of fifty things. Is I mean, we got Criminal enough? Girls one and two on there, but uh, oh, what? Well, the I, I know I recommended Metal Saga at least once, and it never happened because nobody else had played it and stayed on staff for it long enough to get involved. <laughs> Uh, I I could probably like if if he gave me some time I could bone up for being at least a secondary for Metal Max. <laughs> gotta Kelly gotta start my Metal Max three uh, save over again. <laughs> grumple grumple. 
Kelly's definitely the one to contact. She is our uh, first chair cat wrangler. She's been very good at that. Uh, she has been. But yeah, so that's uh, <laughs> so go listen to that, and uh, if you somehow haven't heard enough of me, uh, you'll hear plenty of me during that. <laughs> I'm. I don't think I spoke the most, but that's because I was not the one giving the plot summary. So. Yeah, that usually. Uh, that, that's usually how that goes. And plot summary yeah. for Kingdom Hearts. That's. Uh, it was for it was for three specifically. Yeah, I mostly, it's still got the, a task. I mostly rambled about the gameplay and gave the short dev history that was as short as I could make it. Yeah. Well, so it was I'm only sure... three hours long. The dev history was very tangled, very sad. Uh, did you let it go? <laughs> we definitely Cat made jokes song. about that. Yes. Let it go with song. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm going to just throw wheels out a window. Um, hey, you, you made the Tangled reference first. Did I? What? You said Tangled. <laughs> you said a word. That means that You said you a word. <laughs> yes. Whatever. Uh, so, yeah. It's totally a uh, reference. If you, totally. If you guys hear me talking about Kingdom Hearts 3 sometime in the next few weeks, that's why. <laughs> so I'm probably going to play it again. Because <laughs> I'm broke. Broken the brain. Insane in the membrane. Okay. Insane in the brain. Okay, let's finish. Uh, yeah, uh, follow RP Gamer on Twitch. There's people streaming stuff pretty much every day. Yeah. Uh, one uh, Phil JC Servant is streaming almost constantly. We often have to bump him off. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He insulted. Yeah. Uh, Saga Skurukui, so I don't feel bad kicking him off anymore. Wow. How do you like that one? Uh, he, he was trying to do like a, a total playthrough of it and was not it was not going well. So uh, Oh one. yeah, he, he got um he got mock annoyed at somebody on from staff for recommending Urpina as the as his main character. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, yeah, that's uh, that closes out uh, another episode of Q and A Quest. Uh, you know. Uh, otherwise, see ya, Space Cowboys. See ya. See ya. Hi. Oh. That's not a good sound. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs>